The following is a KPV Media Works production. Choose your fighter. What is up, guys? We are back for another episode of KTB Cast. This is Rodimus Prime here, one of your favorite hosts. And uh, I want to make sure that if you're not watching it today on Twitch or you're catching it on YouTube, we have different outlets where you can catch on just listening to us via our podcast stations on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iTunes, and Google Podcasts. So make sure you check that out in case you don't want to see my in case you don't want to see. But one face you should see is the pretty face of this lovely lady just continuing the series of powerful black women in the community just coming in and doing their thing i want to introduce you to moxie aka melanie how's it going today how you doing great it's so good to see you <laughs> thank you so much for inviting me no problem no i'm problem. yeah i'm so happy to be here <laughs> awesome 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 um i kind of want to i usually just kind of usually start with origin and stuff like that look i'm kind of going to reverse it like how how are you feeling today uh, in general, how are you dealing with the current climate of the world? You know, we've all been affected by COVID and just like, you know, all of us, like, and not just yeah. within the community, but like just personal, like our personal lives. Like, how have you yeah. been able, how have you been able to manage that? Like, what have you been doing to keep yourself kind of just on the straight and narrow and just kind of stay focused? You know, um, okay, so when COVID first hit, I was uh, working on set and we had newly heard about it you know because I, I guess it was some people that had caught it you know and it, it was stuff like that because we're in such close quarters all the time you know and it you know it, it really kind of like devastated um my industry uh theater people are still not working and like live event people are still not working um which is is a bummer but during yeah during quarantine i really just kind of like stayed to myself i hung out you know after stuff kind of started opening up again in chicago i would hang with like close friends i saw i well not saw i have seen probably the same eight people for the past year like in person um so you know I watched a lot of stuff. I like read a lot. I, you know, drew and painted and, you know, kind of like tried to, I did a lot of costumes. Right. Um, you just trying to just stay sane in this like crazy world. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I tried to stay away from my parents because both of my parents, my mother is in her late 60s and my father is in his mid 70s. Mm -hmm. um, so they, and my father um, does have pre-existing conditions um, that would make him susceptible to that. So I tried to, you know, avoid being around them as, as, as much as possible, which was a bummer. Like even on Thanksgiving, you know, I had come over and I didn't even eat with them. Right. Uh, Cause I didn't, I mean, you know, we didn't know anything. Um, so yeah, when we found out about COVID, um, I think we had, we had had like two months left of the season and everything got forced shut down. Uh, so it was just, it was like alarming for everyone. Cause it was crazy with like, I would see the videos of people with the toilet paper and I, I mean, it was nuts. And so we got force wrapped and everyone was just kind of like in this state of like, what the fuck is happening? 
Um, and it was scary, you know, it, it seemed like it was the end of the world. Like it, it was wild. And, uh, you know, I was dealing with that and compoundly dealing with like some personal things, uh, that I have been going, that I have been going through. And, um, you know, it just kind of added on to that. And like, I was happy that I have finally like gotten a therapist during that time too. Um, she helped a lot and, and she was a great person. So that helped, you know, it was something to look forward to every week. Then work finally came back uh, last November um, and they've been super strict with everything. Like we test every single day, even days that we're not scheduled to work, we test, we PCR, we rapid test, I mean, everything. So it's, it's a, um, we have to wear face shields and face masks. They've like separated us by zone. So like people that are around the, the actors, um, you know, we, which is namely the vanities or hair wardrobe makeup and, and the director, you know, people like that. We have to like, at all times wear a face shield and a face mask. So, you know, imagine working. I, and in the beginning, some people uh, would be so overwhelmed. It was people like passing out. Right. So, it, because it's, you know, it's not like we're wearing a face shield and a face mask and standing in place or sitting at a desk. We're around. wearing a face <laughs> yeah. shield and a face mask and running around all day, right? In 30 degree weather, Ooh. snow, blizzards, rain, negative temperatures. It, it doesn't matter. We're filming. Now, so let me just, we just don't, I'm sorry. I just want to yeah. stop you right there real quick because we got into like that section, but for, for our audience, like, what are you talking about here? You oh, yeah, are, yeah, yeah. Yeah. What is it that you do in this, in this particular situation? Okay. So, um, my profession is I am a hair and makeup artist for film and television. Um, so I've worked on commercials, I've worked on movies, um, I've worked on indie movies, I've worked music videos, uh, short films, television shows, I've, I've really kind of done it all. I've done photo shoots, I've done theater, I've done everything. So yes, that is my real life job. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, real Thank quick, you. before we get back to the, um, I used to work an off-Broadway uh, theater company in the city uh, years ago. I, awesome. I did, I did like, I, I started as an usher and then I did ticket sales and then I, I was an assistant house yes. manager for a little bit. Uh, and you come across... Oh my gosh. Yeah, yeah, I, I've done that stuff. And you come across the, the celebrities, right, that either act in the show or come to see their peers, right? So I always had yep. this thing, right, where I was like, who who are the people that society may interpret as mean people because maybe the roles they play and they're really nice. And who, who who are like the celebrities that are probably nice, but because of your experience, you know that they're not so nice. Um. Okay. So, if you can divulge, I can say yes. I can <laughs> say the first thing, but for the sake of like, it it is certain things that I uh like contractually cannot say. Right. Of course. Uh, yes. because of my union and it, the networks and it like. It's just, you're just not supposed to do that. Okay, so let's but, not talk about um, the bad people. Let's talk about so the good I, people. <laughs> I about the good people. So I can say uh, one that was uh, misconceived. Um, it, oh, man, it was three summers ago. Um, this was actually my first, like, network TV job. Um, I got hired to be the key makeup artist 
which is the basically the assistant department head. Um, so I got hired to be the key makeup artist for this Comedy Central show called Southside, mm. which there is going to be a second season and it's going to be on HBO Max. And it's a, it's okay. a really funny show. It's like an all black cast. The, the crew and cast are all from Chicago. So like all the special guests were like people from Chicago. Um, and we had an episode, it was like kind of mid in the season where they have like this like golf party. It's like this golf event. And it was hysterical. And one of the people that came uh, was Lisa Ray. And I know that she gets kind of like a a mixed bag of like how people feel about her. But I mean, she was there with us for a few days. She was really nice. Um, So, you know, I think that that's kind of like a a misconceived person. But she was very sweet to me, Mm -hmm. you know, because I would, um, you know, go and touch her up. And I mean, she seemed to have a great time on the show. Right. Uh, It was a lot of fun. And it um in that same episode kel mitchell was also there who was like my like childhood crush and it was like just so cool to meet him because i got to do his makeup and he was just so nice like he was a lot of fun he was such a positive person he was so funny and it i mean yeah so that was great um we met at lover and uh and earthquake Okay. On the comedian, another right. episode, huh? Okay, the comedian, correct? Yes, yes, the yeah. comedian. Okay, okay yeah. exactly. And um, and they were so funny because they were just telling like stories about like old times when they would hang out together. I mean, it was hysterical. Mm. Like they and they were just like natural. They were literally just playing themselves. Right. And that was the thing that was funny about working on that show because the the celebrities that they that came in to guest star were literally just themselves right they weren't like playing you know the only one that played a character was was a uh, little rail um who's from he was in get out and he he had his own show on fox for a while he's really funny too yes. um and he was he's in a few episodes because he's kind of like a he's like a reoccurring additional character. Okay. So right. yeah, I mean, it, it, the show is on HBO Max now. So if you all get a chance, check it out. Cause it's funny as hell. It, it, I had a really good time working on that show. I, I think, so, yeah. when, I think when, when we, end, when we have end our uh, podcast, I want to get from you a little short list of like your credits. And so I can throw that on the end and stuff like oh, that. Oh, absolutely. I think that'd be just a, a little pretty cool to have. Um, for me, uh, I, I had some surprises in terms of celebrities, like, um, okay. So you know, I, I, I'm I'm an older dude. I'm in my my early forties, and um, you know, we. Uh, I would have not guessed. Yeah. <laughs> like secret. Seriously. Oh my god! Yeah, you know, it's the gray hair. They, they give it away. <laughs> the gray hairs give it away. Um, <laughs> um, I don't know if you remember or, or knew like '80s actress, '80s '90s. Uh, her name is Heather Locklear. She did like, um, of course, of course. You know, so it's no, you know, you say it today, some people are like who, like, like you know, you know, they don't know. Oh my god, yeah, you know, the, the young crowd. But um, so you know all the right. roles she's played and stuff like that, right? So it's like, mm-hmm. you know, I had to go interact with her one time. I had to tell her she had to move her seat, right? And I was like, oh my god, like, oh I no, do, you know, and you know, and you know, in that industry, you know, it, it's a bit of like racism, you know, and they don't want it, especially you know. You don't want to hear from a black guy about anything because I've dealt with crazy yep. patrons as an assistant manager. So I came over and let me tell you, like, she was the sweetest person in the universe. Like, I sat oh, there oh, and like, I ended up having like a half hour conversation with her before the show started. 
And like, it was just, I was like, I was like, you know that you play the most horrible roles and I couldn't figure out like how you're just so loving and sweet. I'm like, I really appreciate you. She's like, oh, yes. thank you. And stuff. So it's crazy. Now, I'm not bound to any contracts or NDAs. So I can talk about the bad. <laughs> like, yeah, oh, go for it. Oh, I'm interested. <laughs> I'm so curious. It's a, the first, the first, the worst person by far that, like, I think if I even say this, like, people would not believe me, is Alfonso Roberto. Alfonso wow. Roberto, yes, Carlton Banks. As I have to separate the two. Wow. I have to separate the two. I think he is an asshole. Like, one thousand percent. Really? Yes. So, okay. Story real quick. There was a show called Wit that HBO ended up picking up and making a movie out of it, and it's it's a monologue uh-huh. about a cancer patient who has a, a I think it's a very no pancreatic cancer stage four, and okay, uh, and the character was played by Judith Light from Who's the Boss and stuff like that back in the day and stuff like that. So uh, yeah, so he came down to visit her, you know, and like he like complained from the get how like there was a lack of like refreshments in the stand there wasn't alcohol and then like he wanted like a whole tour of the building and be able to go directly backstage and there were certain protocols that we had and we didn't allow that so and he right. just kept, he kept demanding demanding and i you know i'm like you know what i i got you i'll take care of you you know i basically led him to like the side entrance where like like the patrons wait to get an autograph and made him wait for her mm. to get ready and leave. <laughs> like I, I did not. Oh my god! Yeah, was he pissed? She was pissed. Like she was like mad. Like Judith, like you know, she's like, "Who did it?" Blah, blah, blah. And I was like, and I, I said, "Oh, it was me." Oh, but no. I forgot he was out there. Oh my god! Like you know, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> total lie. Total yeah, lie. you're like I'm just trying to do my job. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just, so, um, yeah, P Diddy, another one jerk. But I guess she kind of knew that. <laughs> Ooh, I, you know, I've heard interesting stories because I, I want to hear your story and then I'll tell you um, one that I've heard, but it was like from a different perspective because this woman was like his personal makeup artist for like 10 years or something like that. Mm-hmm. So, it, you know, but yeah, I'm very curious to hear. Um, That's not the first I've heard. For, for us, it was, we had a show called, I believe it was called Tap Dogs, uh, Savion Glover was uh, the tab dancer. Oh, wow. so, so we had him and he came down to see him. And like, um, kind of the same thing with like, you know, the whole call to him, like, I want this, I want that. Like, we don't have that here, you know, like, you know. Right. And this also isn't your show. It's like, you obviously didn't come here, I guess, to, to get like a VIP treatment, I guess, because you're Puff Daddy, you know. And I'm guessing it's like, right. of is like, you know, basically Biggie died at this point. And so it's like 99, you know, oh, wow. height of his album, you know, Puff Dad and the Family, you know, so he's he's big money now, you know. And I was, I was right. Like, I'm not here it's for bad it. It's bad boy. Bad <laughs> right. boy it's bad life. boy. Bad boy for life, you know, so. <laughs> it's, it, it, that, that, that was it. Like, I, it's more lesser known actors and actresses that can go on either, either end, but that's kind of like the consensus you get when you work kind of in the industry. I guess not on your level, of course, but, you know, mm-hmm. I, I, I had a taste of it, so. You know, I can't, so when, okay, one of the music videos I worked on, this was, man, this might have been four years ago. It was like three or four years ago. Um, I worked on a Kevin Gates music video. Okay. And um, he was like so nice. Like him and his wife, Drea, were there. And they were like both the nicest people. He like 
stopped and spoke to people. He would like take pictures with people. I mean, it was like, it was really cool. Not like, I mean, the crew, we obviously don't do that. Um, especially if it's like a one shot thing, like that's unprofessional, Right. Yeah. Of course. but you know, but if it's like, it's different like on a television show because you with them all the damn time like they kind of become your family too so it's different taking pictures with like the actors that you work with on shows versus like a one-shot thing Mm -hmm. and so but yeah no he was super nice he would like stop and like um take pictures with like people that were just in the neighborhood because we like filmed in the hood and and he was just walking around like he wasn't kevin gates like it was (laughs) i mean he was really cool though he was very nice um and w- I worked with the so the music video AD he had had some stories for us that was super interesting that I will probably have to tell you like off the cuff off, off because the, yeah, I'm yeah. not trying to make yeah, but... no enemies in the industry but <laughs> he he was like <laughs> he was a music video AD for like a ton of people mm-hmm. I mean he any big name you can think of now he has directed a music video for them. Okay. So he has some stories and it was like, Oh my God. But yeah. uh, But yeah, Kevin Gates was cool. Um, I'm trying to think of who else there. I've worked with like, I've worked with Eric LaSalle, Uh, Eric LaSalle directed Chicago PD for a very long time. He recently actually just left um, to start his own stuff. Cause I think he's going to like, release a series of mystery novels and okay. um and do i mean he's doing a whole bunch of stuff so yeah he uh but eric eric was so sweet i would work with him uh because last season i would kind of go back and forth in between fire and pd mm. and um oh so you work on those on, shows as well you work on oh, those yeah. shows oh, oh yeah. that's awesome yeah, I've worked, yeah. yep yeah i've worked on i've worked on all of them i've never worked on chicago med but I know people that work on I know people that work on all three of the shows essentially like in on set in the office in you know however um, but yeah it's it's uh yeah Eric LaSalle was super nice I, I'm trying to think of like other people um, I worked on another show that was like a one shot show it was only like it was like a mini series and um, it was called Redline and one of the main actors that played the girl's father. He was um, he was in ER for a million years, and he was also super freaking nice. Um, yeah, so it. I mean, yeah, I've never I've never really had like experiences with celebrities or like local celebrities, news anchors, none of that. Where it was just like they screamed at me, or I, you know, like I yeah. had a super uncomfortable situation. I've I've never had that. I've dealt with that more, honestly, with regular people. Because okay. when I worked in salons, they would be fucking lunatics. <laughs> and I was I would be like, excuse me, I'll be like, what is the deal? What you is know, the like problem. Right, what's happening? <laughs> and so yeah, I um it, it's a really it's a really fascinating industry. And okay, I do have a funny celebrity story. So when I worked at the opera. I used to work at the Lyric Opera. I worked there for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that was how I got into the union from uh, building up those hours. So when I first was working at Lyric, um, Lady Gaga would like come to Chicago a lot. I think she like had a house here or something like that. And she loved the opera. 
And she would like show up to the opera like in disguise. <laughs> and people that would be like on the main level, because the main level at the opera, it's uh, the backstage. And then you, there are doors that lead you onto the stage. So you can access the stage from the um, employee door. Okay. And yeah, so it, yeah, she would like show up in disguise and it, it was so funny. And she, I mean, I get it because it's like, you're Lady Gaga. Right. So, <laughs> so, so you guys would know that no, it's her? That, that was just super funny. I, I'm, huh? sorry, I'm sorry, you guys would know that it's her and just kind of keep building the hush? People, yeah, oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, because even, I mean, she's like, I think she's like five foot something. She's extremely short. Mm. So it's kind of like, yeah, and she's very tiny. Yeah. So it's kind of like, yeah, you you know it's her, even though she does do disguise. Because right. I've seen her uh, go on award shows and stuff in disguise. <laughs> so she's done it frequent times. But, I mean, clearly she enjoyed doing it to come to the opera, which which I always thought was super cute. I thought it was hysterical. Right. <laughs> so tell me about Chicago. Like, I know Chicago – I personally have never had the opportunity to actually stay in Chicago. Um Mm-hmm. I've I missed comic breaker opportunities as an FTC person. And, oh, uh, man. Yeah, I know. It's like, especially the, the last couple of years before the pandemic, where like the hotels were like, you know, be sold Booked out. Real yeah. And like, and like, oh you know, my gosh. Yeah. I'd be fancy. I don't want to travel nowhere. Like, let me just, if I can't get to the venue hotel, like it's an issue for me kind of thing. Um, yeah, I get it. And then, um, I get it. And then other than that, it was like maybe stopping at O'Hare to go somewhere else like to LA or something. It's like so I've never really been to yes. Chicago. My my only Chicago experience yes. is like Uno's pizza in the city, which is like probably not oh, good Chicago oh my God. pizza. Yeah, pizza Uno is really good. <laughs> yeah. Yes. And so I know um, Chicago is, is kinda like it's bustling, especially in like that industry, right? Because it's like what is it oh, like? Yeah. It's like Hollywood and then I think New York has a bit of a presence. Yeah. Is Chicago a bigger presence yes. in that industry? than New York? It sounds like it to me. Um, You know what? I have ne- I've met people that have come from New York to work here. Cause like when Candyman was here, I know it was, a, it was LA people, but then it was like also some New York people. And I've never known of any major production in New York beyond Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Um, and like New York has a huge Broadway presence. Right. Even and Chicago has a big theater presence as well because we're we have Second City. We I mean we have a ton of theaters, Steppenwolf, tons of theaters, Chicago theater, and um, yeah. But New York I feel like is focuses a lot more on Broadway than production. And obviously you all have Saturday Night Live, which right. is clearly epic. But it is interesting how the cities kind of connect because. A lot of major people, and I, I don't think a lot of people know this, a lot of major people that have become famous off of Saturday Night Live studied at Second City Chicago. Okay. And Second City Chicago is an improv program that's kind of like the elite improv program, period. Like, if you're interested in going into comedy, sketch, stand-up, any of that, like, people go through Second City, and they go on Saturday Night Live. It is you can actually go to Second City Chicago's website and look at their list of graduates. Like, it's actually phenomenal um, how many people, like, went through there. Like, it was people I didn't even know until I looked at it some years ago. And it's real fascinating. Um, Chicago is a beautiful city, um, and it is, you know, it's a really misunderstood city, you know, because I grew up here, I was born here, 
I've been here my whole life. Um, I've traveled to other places, but I've never lived anywhere else. Right. Uh, and it's kind of like, if you can survive Chicago winter, then you are kind of honorarily a Chicagoan. Cause Chicago winter is brutal as hell. And uh, it's no joke. We have a couple of seasons. One of them is winter and the other one is like summer. So it's kind of <laughs> like, if it's not winter, it's summer oh or God. it's raining. Yeah. Uh, but you know, like when it's the summertime here, it is gorgeous, like pre COVID, there, I mean, we have street festivals, we have food festivals, we have food truck festivals. There's a beer festival here. Okay. Countless concerts. I mean, it's a ton of stuff to do in the city. Um, and it kind of like makes you not want to leave Chicago during the summer because there's so much stuff happening. And a lot of it too is not even like super expensive stuff. Like you can do free stuff in Chicago in the summer and have a blast. Mm. We have a ton of beaches, you know, all of that stuff. And I know James always jokes with me and likes to say that Chicago beaches don't count as the beach because it's <laughs> Lake Michigan it's or Lake. whatever, James. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, we, uh, you know, Chicago's a beautiful city and obviously people know because they hear from the headlines that we have a lot of crime. And I think a lot of, Okay, I am from the south side of Chicago. I still south live side? on the south side of Chicago. South side, exactly. <laughs> White Sox, exactly. So, you know, Chicago's crime, um, a lot of it, I honestly believe, because I, okay, our crime in comparison, like, for example, to like our sister city, Detroit. Right. Detroit, um, they have crime, but a lot of their, a lot of people that live in Detroit own guns okay. legally, I'll mm. say, you know, and Chicago's issue with crime is a lot of it. Chicago is gangland. Right. Like it, it, we're, we have the gang, we have mob, we have, oh my goodness, mob of any ethnicity you can think of is here. Irish, Polish, Russian, Chinese, Italian, Irish, <laughs> Italian, Japanese, Got like I'm not even exactly. Oh my God, they're all out there? Yes, triads, no, seriously. Wow. Um, Chicago got so many gangs. There are MS-13s in Chicago. Oh my God. Like, it's, it's that, a melt, it's, it is crazy. It's a melting pot of it's like, crazy. of, of gangsterness. Like, melting that's, that's, pot of gangs. You, you know, yeah. um, and, I'm not going to hmm. name anybody. I'm not going to say it, but I saw a Facebook yeah, yeah, yeah. post um, from someone that's to say connected to like that Midwest FGC. And, um, uh-huh. um, you know, they kind of like, you know, I'm from New York, right? And uh-huh. while, while I get it, like we've had our phases, um, we could probably more or less say like gangs started here in like the, the U.S. kind of, and True. Then, you know, so... We definitely know about our gangs and our situation. You know, I grew up in the Bronx, uh, South Bronx. Yes. Rough spot. Uh, I made it through, thank God. Um, and like, yeah, seriously, yes. I've heard that the Bronx rough. Listen, it's actually like like the, the stats are bad. Okay, I'm not supposed to wow. be. Wow. I'm not supposed to be here today, according to stats. You know, or not have a good chance. Oh my God. You know, um, and it's gotten worse. Do you, know? you guys still currently have active gangs in New York? Um, yeah, we do. We have sex of like, you know, blood and crypts and stuff like that. And like, you know, okay. they're, they're little off, you know, spawns, off spawns of that and stuff. New gangs. It, it happens. Um, but, um, yeah. for, for a long story short, uh, this person <laughs> kind of like said, like, 
basically what's what to say to paraphrase, oh, New York ain't gangster. Like you got cities and mm-hmm. tall buildings. I'm like, cities and tall buildings don't mean nothing. It's just more people to be it gangster with. Like, we got tall buildings. Right. And I'm just like, <laughs> what, what what's the equation in that? And like I'm not trying to belittle your situation or your experience, but don't belittle mine. Yeah, for sure. You know, like you know, we 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 all share those same attributes, right? That toughness and whatever and like to say yes. that that you could even walk away from that is always a big thing, right? And not be succumbed to like, you know, dead being killed, Crime. dead being in prison, you know, or yep. or any combination of that, and you know, being strung out on drugs, all those things you got to worry about, you know. Yeah, that. You know? yes, I saw crack vials on my floor when like ten years old. I saw someone get, get their head blown yeah. off when I was eight. So don't tell me like what's hell yeah, you know, what's gangster, what's not gangster, like you know, for real, but. You know, I, I just find that interesting, um, and I don't I don't ever can try to compare cities because that's not something you want to do. Is that where do you? No, it's not because it's yeah. not fair. It's not. It's, it's every place is an economical difference. Right. That's like comparing Chicago to Detroit. Right. It's a it's a drastically different thing. Even though we are sister cities. Right. They are very similar to us because their ghettos there look like our ghettos in Chicago. Of course. So you know, it, it is very similar, and. It's kind of like if you didn't grow up in that and you're not from there, you should not speak on it. Right. And people that try to false flag and and do that weird shit. That's and I feel like a lot of people on FGC do do that. Oh man. <laughs> um, this will probably be the only little. It, this might be the only little bit of shade I will throw about <laughs> FGC things. Um, mm. but I do feel like a lot of people from the FGC because to be real, locally even. A lot of our scene people are from the suburbs mm. or they are not from here. Right. So, or they live on the north side. So is and the north side got the got ghettos too, but it's right. different. Yes. North side ghetto different than the south side, different than the west side. And yet we have like it and okay, also in Chicago, like the Hispanic gangs and the black gangs don't get along. Like for some of them initiations be for them to kill an opposing member, right? you know, of a different race gang to get in it, I mean, all kind of stuff. And it, we have like a lot of like little sects and stuff like that. Like the, um, I guess to make it like popular for people, <laughs> the, the rapper King Vine that was from here that just got killed mm, yeah. a few months ago in Atlanta, which was tragic because he was so young. He lived, uh, okay, so he lived, he's from 63rd, which they call the O Block. Okay. That is all real. All the stuff he would talk about in his songs is real. Is real. And that entire lifestyle is real. The shit that Chief Keith would talk about, all all of that shit is real. And Chief Keith actually lived um, where, where his grandmother's house was, was like not far from behind me because uh, Kenny, Kitty Corner for me is trap houses. Right. So it's like I mean I grew up seeing prostitutes and I, I mean I still see prostitutes in my neighborhood now. Right. You know and it is just I mean you see violence, you see cop cars, you see uh, people getting yoked up, you see people getting shot. You I've been held up at gunpoint. Right. I was held up at gunpoint one time coming home from Atlanta with my friend Julie. This was before the FGC, so I didn't. It, this was like a leisure trip to Atlanta. Right. So it. I mean, people don't be knowing, you know. Yeah, like I've seen people get robbed on, on the train. It, there was one time I was on the Blue Line. Uh, this was I was I was probably still in school at this time, 
I, I might have still been in college and I think I was maybe 22. I was with my friend Brian hmm. and we were sitting on the train, train quiet. And oh, by the way, the blue line is the train that goes to O'Hare okay. and goes to the suburb Forest Park and Oak Park. So it kind of ain't nowhere safe. Crime happened everywhere right. in Chicago. It don't matter. So we're on the blue line and there's this group of girls. They looked like maybe teenage girls, maybe like 19, 18, 19, but they looked like they could have been teenage girls. They were standing over this, this Middle Eastern woman and she's like minding her business. She's like reading a book or something. And these girls out of nowhere snatched this woman by her head and started beating her in her head and tried to drag her off the train. And everybody was like in shock. And we're kind of like, what the fuck? It's like, stop. They had to physically pull these girls off this woman. Nothing had transpired in, b before that. Right. It was just, it was silence. And then she fucking yoked this woman up. And they tried to drag her off the train. And they had luckily got the girls, you know, hands off of this woman and then right. helped the woman back up. But I mean, shit like that. Shit like that, it, yeah. You know, seeing, seeing, um, pools of blood on the train. Mm -hmm. it, I mean, all kind of shit. We had a guy, um, this was maybe six years ago or something like that. And he was like, he was like a serial rapist raping lonely women on the train that, and they would, they would put out alert to be like, don't be in, don't get on train cars by yourself, get in train cars close to the, close to the conductor or with other people there. Right. Don't sit far away from other people. Like, it, I mean, it was crazy. I think he had raped like 10 women yes. before they caught him. Wow. I mean, yeah, like it, Chicago it is not for the faint of heart. Right. And neither is New York. Neither is New York. New York. We, we've yeah, had, we know, had like similar situations. We had a guy in the 90s. Uh, they called him the hammer man. Like he was literally walking mm. around with a hammer and just cracking women in the head. And for whatever, wow. for whatever reason. He would, he never killed these women. He would just severely damage them, you know, maybe critical condition wow. kind of things. But if you were a male that tried to stop him, he would kill the male. That like he would never, he would relentlessly beat the male until the male died with the hammer. Whoa. Yeah. And that was a scary thing because oh, it happened wild. right in my neighborhood. I was like a, a, in junior high when it happened. And I'm just like, I'm like, I'm about That's to mind terrifying. my business right now. Like I'm not if I see you do with a hammer, I'm going the other way because like, you know, like yeah. that that's and you know they eventually caught him. Like he stopped doing it. He did it for like two weeks and must have got like wow. five five women. He stopped for like two months and did it again two more times and then they finally caught him. You know. Good. And, oh my god. But, but like, yeah, we see people don't even know that unless you live in these neighborhoods. Like, you know, these aren't right. like nationally broadcasted stories, you know. It's uh, not. It's not. It's, because they're even um, in Chicago, we've had a string of um, unsolved missing black women, oh. uh, girls, women, teenagers. They're mm. all black. Mm. And it, I think it, the last that it was tallied, it was like in the 60s, Ugh. like yeah. it's that many. And it does not get televised. That happens I mean, here. it's terrifying. That happens and here. it's very fucking real. Mm -hmm. And no one talks about it. Oh, I, I wish so, there was more awareness brought to these kind of issues, you know, that affect our community. And that it's crazy yeah. that, like, you know, this is not like freaking Avengers, you know, angry. Right. Or like, you, 
young women are disappearing and not coming back with no trace. Like, what's going on? And what's happening? Why is this not? And if they're front found, page? they're dead. Yes. So it, you know, it's horrible. It's horrible. But um, let's 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 get a little a little lighthearted. Lighter, we, right? Yeah, let's get a little lighthearted. Um, yes. We got we, we we got in here for like the first thirty minutes and. We don't know much about you outside of this, uh, oh my God, you know, makeup and uh, crazy world we call Chicago. So tell me about Chicago, yes. you know, tell me about Melanie. Um, Who was Melanie, you know, from, from birth? You know, how, how does she start? You know, what, what what's she like outside of all this? Outside all right. of the FGC and like makeup and like, who is yes. She? Um, so I was born April 9th. 1986. So this upcoming birthday, I'm gonna be 35. Y'all. Okay. Okay. Uh, big, milestone, big milestone. Excuse me. Mm. Um. Yeah. I mean, I, I grew up. Your your mic's um, a little a little like faded. Oh, did it? Oh, can you still hear me? Yeah, I can hear you a little bit. You just sound like you're super distant. Oh no. Oh, yeah. I don't know what happened because I haven't like. Well, let me try to. Is it better? You still sound a little faded. Let me. Really? Yeah. Oh my gosh. So like you sound like you're like doing like a radio remix, like. Is it? Can you still hear me now? Yeah, I can hear. I I can hear you. It just sounds like a little. I know. We'll we'll, we'll try to work through it. Yeah, we'll we'll try to work through it. I can hear you. It just kind of like it sounds like there's a filter in front of it now, like kind of like you know, like like we're on a phone call. Yeah, like we're on a phone call. That like phone. Uh, kind of the same still. Kind of the same. All right. Sorry, I'm twisting my camera. I'm trying to get the. Uh... No problem. While she works through that, just want to remind you guys that you can catch all of our episodes on our different platforms here for via podcasts, whether it's Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or Google Podcasts. So make sure you check that out. Okay, how does this? How is it now? Is it still the same? It's still the same, but we'll work through it. You, 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 okay. you, yeah, we can hear you. So now, where were we? We're talking about Melanie. So yes, yes, so, talking about. Um, so I was born April 9th, uh, nineteen eighty six, um, in Chicago, and um, yeah, I, I was born. I think at like six o'clock in the morning, something like that, and I am the only girl of. Okay. High school then, and um, 
But yeah, I mean, I, I just, I grew up just being like so eclectic. Like my parents always would give me books about art. They would give me books about poetry. Um, they bought me tons of things about animals and about being black. Okay, <laughs> so, that's important. That's know, that's definitely huh. no, that's that's very important. Like you don't even know how underrated that is to like provide oh, yeah. provide materials to your children, to your black children to know about themselves and like understand where they come from. To know about themselves, like it's exactly. it's so underrated. Like um, if I could just interrupt for a second, like I'm I I yes. I'm I'm born to Caribbean parents. They're both Jamaican. I was born here in the states, and um, nice. you know we. I had to experience a lot of like colorism in my family, you know, so that was a thing, and like, you, it's, it's rough, especially from those Caribbean countries, like even with like the Dominican public and stuff like that, where you have people that are you know Afrocentric, but you know deny it because they, you know, they see that having having lighter skin is a better opportunity, right? Which is that oh, in, wow. inherent racism. So it's like I dealt with a lot of that growing up, and not enough understanding and accepting who I am and no one, and I, I, that stuff I had to right. find, find on my own. And that's, that's rough. Like I had to, you know, I, I wouldn't wish that on any person of color, you know, you should be able to yeah. come into this world and your parents are ready to like, say here, this is who you are. Take it in. You know, that, right. that sort of thing. Or that person's better than you, or you're better than that person because of your skin. I mean, it, yeah, that is, that's disappointing. Yeah. And it's really, um, yeah, that's hard because I, I know a lot of um, Caribbean native people, like either they were born there and came here or both of their parents are, are Caribbean or, or um, they have island parents, right. you know, and they moved here, you know, so they and and I can't imagine that, especially like if the relatives are kind of still inherently thinking colorist. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's sad. That that's that's really sad. Definitely, definitely. But no, no child, exactly what you said. No child should ever have to grow up like that. Right. Because yeah. So, so I definitely admire your family for like, you know, providing you with those things to like kind of help you understand as you're growing up. Because so underrated, so underrated. But we're gonna continue. You are like, yes. You know, into the action figures and stuff, and you know, you're on your way to become the teen. How how did how did were you always a gamer or how did you start getting immersed into that? Yes. Okay. So the first games that I ever played. Okay. So do you remember when Mac first came out and they had MS-DOS games mm-hmm, yes. like on the MS-DOS drive? Yeah. So I my first games ever were MS-DOS games and I okay. used to play Battle Chess and which I freaking love. My dad taught. I, okay. To this day, I do not know how to play checkers. Okay. <laughs> I never learned how to play chess. With hold, checkers hold, and I didn't. hold hold on. You know how to play chess yes, and not I checkers? Know how to play checkers? Nope. And I know it's an easier game. I just never cared to learn. But when <laughs> I was little, my dad taught me how to play chess. I learned how to play chess when I was like four or five or something like that. Mm. And um, so I'm I'm really good. I fucking I love chess. Okay. <laughs> chess okay. Is okay. One of my favorite board games. Um. But yeah, so I learned how to play. I would play battle chess on MS DOS. I would play. Um, there was this other game called Ski or Die. I know there was a Skater Die version, but I used to play that. And there was this other game called Budokan, and I freaking loved them. And they were like my obsession. Then when we um, 
when we would get like systems and stuff for Christmas, meaning me and my brothers, uh, we had original t- Nintendo, then we would get Super Nintendo, we had Sega Genesis, um, you know, and I never had a GameCube as a child, I never had uh, Sega Saturn, I didn't have any of those. The next system that I had from like Sega Genesis and like Game Gear and stuff was a PS1. Mm-hmm. So then it went, you know, a PlayStation. But yeah, I mean, I grew up playing, like, I, I didn't play Atari or anything like that, but I definitely played some old games. And, you know, it was kind of like, it was a it was a really cool activity for me to do by myself. And then, like, games that were too difficult for me at my time, I would watch my brothers play them. Right. You know, and, and it, like, literally used to be such a cool thing for me to sit and watch them like play through these super difficult games and i would try my hand at it too because that's why i love tomb raider so much and it i used to like almost look up to laura croft as like a like an inspiration you know Mm. like she i I loved her and i just loved like how her personality was and i mean obviously beyond like my female family members but you know i i definitely looked up to her a lot i looked up to a lot of like characters that i would see in movies and and stuff like that and that was another pastime i watched so many movies (laughs) and still do Mm. and love them and shows and um i like i used to sit with my dad and my brothers and watch horror movies like i would watch Hellraiser, I'd watch Halloween, all of this stuff as a child. And it, I mean, I was like, all right, <laughs> you know, because it's like horror. And that's why I love horror so much. So, mm-hmm. it, you know, I grew up kind of in that eclectic environment. And my parents were both very eclectic. And they were eclectic, like, musically, you know, the way they lived, the way they presented themselves, but also very stern, you know, and still you know putting their foot down when they needed to put their foot down about stuff like you know maybe my grades or whatever um okay so i'll say maybe when i had gotten to like fourth grade my life had changed Mm -hmm. um because my mother had gotten injured uh she had broken her wrist and the upper dominant hand so her right hand and uh, the first doctor she went to told her that it was nothing wrong with her and that it would heal fine. And uh, the bones fused improperly. So she ended up having to get like a metal bar put in her hand with nine screws. So she can't bend her wrist ever again. And um, she had to relearn how to cook, how to drive, how to write, how to do everything. Yeah. Um, and uh, because of that doctor's fault, uh, you know, she had to go to Mayo Clinic and get, I mean, it, it was a whole freaking thing. I remember taking that drive with my parents to right. Minnesota hmm. uh, when I was little. And my dad had gotten, um, he was in a couple uh, car accidents real bad when I was little. And, you know, it was hard to see that, right. you know, and, and just kind of like grow up and not really know what was going on. And, you know, especially when my mom had broke her wrist she couldn't do my hair anymore. So then, that, I mean, and growing up as like a little black girl, 
your hair is obviously, you know, it's like a big portion of you. Right. Because yes. my mom was a mom where when she would do my hair, don't let those little kids play in your hair. Don't let them take it down and braid it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Leave it the way I do it. Yeah. So then I kind of had to figure out how to do my own hair and then, you know, and kind of like get into that whole thing. Cause that was kind of our bonding thing of her, you know, doing my hair every morning when I was in elementary school. And um, yeah, I mean, it was, it was a, it was a lot to kind of go through that little and, and just kind of, I mean, it was various other things that I don't care to mention on this podcast uh, that were personal, but I mean, yeah, you know, it, it, it's a lot kind of like, trying to come out of that and like hoping that everything is going to be okay. Mm-hmm. And then your grades suffer and all, you know, all kind of stuff. Like I, I, not until I was an adult, didn't realize like how much anxiety I kind of developed from that time. Right. And you know how it affected me in school. Cause when I was in high school, the first two years of me being in high school, I had to go to summer school. Cause I was like failing in a bunch of classes. It was, you had and a lot going I, on. You, you, you had, yeah, a, a lot, lot going, going on. on. It was it, it's it's not easy. Uh, I work in a high school. Um, I've, I've been working okay, in nice. education. That's that's my you know real job. That's that's my real job. Profession, right? yeah. Profession, and um, I, I've been doing it for fifteen years. I, I work exclusively in high schools, so high school grades and some like middle school grades. Um, I love that. Life, like real life, is real life, and it shows yep. in the student. Like I. I, I'm so in tune to like my work and to these individual students that depending on the situation, I get to know for like two, three, four years, five or more, depending on the situation. And yeah, you, you almost like you become like, like empathetic. You feel, you feel the emotion. You, you, you can come in and, and tell right off the rip if a student's having a bad day and depending on, yep. on, on your status with that student, you know how to handle it or not. And you know you you carry on your day to the best of your ability when it comes to that person. Um, that being said, yep. there's not enough credit given to a child's like just anxiety and trauma that they may have experienced up until that point. Um, exactly. A lot of us do not have perfect exactly. lives. Um, when I reflect on what I've been through in my life, I'm, I say, "Well, wow, that's trauma," and I didn't know how to right. process that at the time, you know. At and the time, yep. You didn't know, and you think everything's okay or it's going to be okay, and sometimes it weighs on you for a very long time. Um, yeah, that and you don't be- even realize yes, it. Yes, of course. That being said, I know you and I haven't had much of a physical interaction um, over the years, but through yeah. like, the things that I've seen you talk about and go through and just learning about your, your upbringing and, and some of your dynamic, uh, even if you may not feel this way about yourself sometimes, I see you as a very strong individual. And, oh, and so like, much. and 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 I know that, you know, we're all gonna have our, those days and those moments and, and and those times where it's like, you know, fuck everything, you know, like shit. Like, yeah, what that was going <laughs> on. But but I I see you as one of those people that can push through, you know, and get to where you need to be at the end of the day. Um, and plus you're part of the FTC, so you have to have like a a level of toughness in itself, you know, to get yeah, by. Yeah, it's so true. I I just wanted to point that out about about you, of course. No, I appreciate that. It, yeah, it, it's, you know, I didn't, until I had had my therapist last year, cause she had, it was one session we had had where she had asked me about my childhood and I kind of like broke down and I was mm. like, damn, I didn't even think about so much of this stuff that like molded me, you know, as an adult and like seeing stuff that my brothers were going through and, 
it, you know, like very real life shit that a lot of kids don't see, you know, when they little. And, and then when they're going into high school and because um, in Chicago, we have this program called Gallery 37 that Maggie Daly started um, for like inner city kids to be able to have a job in creative arts. So it was like a summer program. It's now called After School Matters. But when I was in it, it was Gallery 37. And um, I wanted to be in this program so bad. And I wanted to do it because they had different, they had like theater program, they had drawing, they had painting, they had photography, yada, yada, yada. And I would enter every year for, for drawing, for visual art. And I ended up doing graphic design one year, uh, which was cool, but I just did, I, I could not intensely grasp it. Like even now I'm very much like a hands-on paper artist. Um, and I've drawn since I was, it says, I can't remember. I still have sketchbooks from when I was little, um, of like old little comic strips and stuff. So that was another huge part of my childhood was just being an artist. Um, even like up with cosplay, um, I taught myself how to sew. I, I taught myself how to make and design wigs. I, I taught myself makeup for the most part. The only thing I went to school for formally um, that I do professionally is doing hair. Right. That's it. So I, you know, I don't. Uh, everything else I taught myself, and it's that's amazing. You know, that's, that's, I, I, I commend you. <laughs> for that. You know. I. I and it's funny because even when I was in college, I had, when I, my first year, I was a fine arts major because I love classical art. Like anyone that knows me know, I, I love classical art. Like I, I studied it for real. Mm -hmm. um, and I, you know, I just, I think it's beautiful. And I, it was like kind of a rude awakening when I went there because I had this intro, or it was like this drawing one teacher. And she seemed just like, so kind of like bitter. And like, she would like, I hated this class specifically because mm -hmm. we used to always only draw still lifes. We would draw landscapes, boring shit, stuff that I did not want to do at all. And I'm like, I already know how to draw. Why would I not just be able to like, skip one or two of these classes and kind of go to like the advanced classes right. And they never wanted me to. And I'm kind of like, but I'm paying a lot of money for this because <laughs> Columbia College was not cheap. Mm -hmm. And, I'm, you know, and it's, it's just like, whatever. So <laughs> um, I got a D in that class. Uh, our final was to draw a self-portrait with charcoal. And I drew it. The We had like two weeks to do it or some shit. I literally drew it the night before. I sketched something real loose and lazy and then I turned it in mm. and my teacher was like so frustrated with me and she's like, Melanie, like, you know how to draw. I know you know how to draw, but you're just not trying. And I was like, I'm not. <laughs> I was like, you're absolutely right. <laughs> and she was like, oh, you know, I, I mean, I just don't get it. I was like, yeah, I just don't think this is right for me. And <laughs> I changed my major from that point. And I, I had changed to like theater and um, I learned about theater makeup in, in college, like kind of the intro, mm -hmm. but you know, other stuff that I've learned, I've kind of taught myself or like learn from friends or learn from like working on set, like seeing tricks that tricks of the trade essentially, right. you know, and stuff like that. And the same with hair, you know, like the stuff that they teach you in beauty school is kind of like the bare, you know, 
by the book things that they teach you and everything else that you learn in the field is just from experiencing Experience, it, yes. you know? And, uh, yeah, I mean, when, when, and so, you know, when I was in high school, I had, uh, I would draw in every class. Like some of my teachers used to have to tell me to like put my sketchbook away because I would be bored. I'm like, <laughs> why do, like, I don't care about a majority of this stuff. Like it was very few classes that I like for real cared about, but I would pass, I mean, like later in my um, high school years, I had gotten better. Like maybe my senior year was probably my best year. Mm-hmm. Prom was the only high school dance I ever went to. Okay. I hung out with like the kids and like the you know like the weird kids. It's an unquote. important dance though. Like it's so not like you really miss yeah. Out. It's V dance, you know. Exactly. <laughs> and uh, I would go to like metal concerts, but even like with that, and I still always loved hip hop. I mean, I grew up with it, right, you know. But I I I loved kind of everything. Mm-hmm. I learned about anime on my own. I le- I mean, all of that you know side of me was from me, you right. know, and uh, I learned about anime when I was in grammar school because the Sci-Fi Channel used to used to show anime mm-hmm. on like Friday nights and Saturday mornings and I would see it there and I like fell in love with it. And I think that and, was before uh, uh, before uh, uh, Cartoon Network and Tsunami, I think. Uh, yeah, They, they were kind of one of the first to do it and then like, I guess Cartoon Network kind of yep. just ran with the ball. In that regard, so yeah, exactly. I still have anime on VHS tapes. So do I. So do I. So yep. (laughs) And I'll never get rid of them because it's nostalgic. Regardless of if I have them on Blu-ray or what, have them digitally, I'll Mm -hmm. never get rid of them because I still have Disney VHS tapes actually, and they're just nostalgic. And I just, I mean, they're kind of like collector's items. Yeah, they're worth a lot of money. Not to watch them, but really just because it's like it's cool to have them. But Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I mean, I. I've gone through, you know, like even when I was in high school, uh, also being younger, I had dealt with like a lot of, a lot of people dying. And up to this point, even still, you know, like a lot of members of my family were older. Um, I lost both of my grandmothers in the same month of each other when I was in high school. Um, And that was probably the first time I ever saw my father cry, actually. Uh, So, you know, and my father is like, stoic like super strong you know my dad has been through a lot and so has my mother you know they both have and they've kind of taught me that kind of resilience you know and taught my brothers you know and my i've learned a lot from my brothers too you know and it's it is just very much like it's funny when people tend to judge you like based off of your appearance because i used to um i used to befriend people when i was younger that I didn't know were like jealous of me in some kind of way or would like just want to be friends with me to like get dirt on me or like other weird yeah, shit. Weird, yeah. People do that and it's strange as hell. It's and strange. so super strange. And people used to think that I like grew up in this fairy tale and I, you know, like I grew up as this little princess and all because both of my parents are still married. But it's like you don't know, you wasn't living in my house. Right. Like you don't know. Anything that someone has you been through, I don't know, know what the half. Look like, like what it, you don't know the half. Mm-hmm. Like seriously, you know. And I, um, I grew up in a way that has made me resilient, you know, to a lot of people being pieces of shit on the outside. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's, you know, I, I just, I don't get it because it's really like. I always have felt like if people want to know about me, you can just ask me. Like, it doesn't have to be these weird old rumors or right. like, 
assuming they a lot of shit that I've heard that has come back to me that I've heard people say about me is rumors. Right. It's like where are you getting this from? Like, like I, I'm doing this. I'm asking you. This? I'm asking you about you. It's that simple. Like don't yes. don't go off the next person. You know, I, I hate third party anything. Only only thing third Same. party I accept in life is games, and that's about it. <laughs> like <laughs> exactly. You know, exactly. I hate like so, you know like if someone goes, oh, you know, did you uh did you get the invite to something? I'm like, no, and I, I didn't get the invite, so I'm not going. Uh, I don't do the ter- the third party thing. Like it's like if you yeah. want me to be somewhere, like you contact me. Don't tell someone. Exactly. I, I hate that. I do not third party invite me somewhere. I want you to reach right. out to me and say, hey, I want you to be there. <laughs> you know, not so. Hey, so and so said like, no, I want to hear from them. Yeah, no. What did you say? Right. Right. <laughs> you know, it's so yeah, that's weird. And it and I feel like a lot of people, like a lot of these scene kids, um, in in anime, the cons and stuff, the comic book kids, and in the FGC, you know, I feel like a lot of them have this dream of like the FGC, like being a like real life and, you know, like being a job. And some of them have accomplished that. And, you know, some cosplayers have made it a job or whatever. But in the end, at the end of the day, um, all of these things are hobbies, you know, yep. and mm-hmm. it, I, I love all of the nerd shit that I love. But I still put myself through beauty school. I've put myself in the union. Um, I worked very very, very hard to get where I've gotten at this point in my life, you know, and it, it's, I've had some help along the way, but not really, you know, a lot of right. it is me. And, and I'm not even saying that to be cocky. It, it's, it's been a long road because some people get in my local union immediately. Mm. And then there are some people, it takes them years. It took me seven years to get in the union. And there were people that I started with that had gotten in the union the same year and we both started at the same time. Right. So, you know, I mean, it, it, it's crazy. And it's a, um, and uh, there were plenty of times I wanted to give up. It was plenty of times I didn't think I wanted to do hair. I, I, I didn't want to do makeup. I'm like, fuck this. I'm gonna figure something <laughs> else out. Maybe I'll go back to school. I had even gone um, to school for a period of time to be an addiction counselor. Okay. Um, because I didn't think that this was going to go nowhere, you know, and then, you know, I had gotten that letter that was like, you're inducted in the ceremony is yada, yada, yada. But, you know, and I was like, oh my fucking God, like I cried because <laughs> I was like, I finally did it, you know, and it was just such a big deal. And, <laughs> so, and deservingly so. You definitely displayed thank you. the character needed to like, and, and the perseverance needed to, you know, make whatever it is you want to make happen, happen. So I, Absolutely. I, I definitely like hope you have continued success in that regard, in any regard, what you do. Me too. Um, and you as well, because yeah, you are like you know. super pleasant and I, I love it. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. you know, <laughs> I, I try to be pleasant. I don't think there's any other way to go about it, but that's my opinion. Um, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> now, of course we, we've barely mentioned it, but it's kind of why we're all here, right? Like, yes, Fighting games. What, what, when does that fighting games. affect your life? When when did you start saying, I I love fighting games to where maybe in the future I might do something more than play? So, um, 
Okay, funny story. So when I was, and it's funny how this is kind of like a tie-in to James before I ever knew who the hell James was. Oh, really? This but, is interesting. Okay. Yeah. So, um, when I was little, um, my brothers never bought Street Fighter, and I didn't go to like arcades really until I was kind of like late older in high school, and mm -hmm. then like in college I would go to arcades. Um, but that wasn't my, you know, kind of thing. I, I would play at home consoles. So that was how I would like learn yeah. about fighting games. So my brothers loved Mortal Kombat. Mm -hmm. So I would play with them and I would watch them play. And so I would play MK1, 2, 3. I mean, we had all of them. Um, and, and they were just cool because we loved horror movies and they were gory. And it was just cool to see like the fatalities and stuff like that. And um, I just thought it was so awesome. And I always loved Kitana. She was like such a badass. Yes. And um, then when Baraka came, I thought Baraka was cool. I always, it, it, my favorite characters to pick in fighting games, um, if it's not like a sassy girl, it is more than likely the fucking scariest character that's <laughs> on the game. So I, I always uh, love that. But yeah, so Mortal Kombat was my first fighting game experience on Sega Genesis. Okay. And um yeah, I mean it was just it was so cool and and I just remember loving it. And um from that point forward, um I played other fighting games like I have I still actually have my original Tekken from PlayStation 1. So, you know, I had bought Tekken uh myself when I was in I think I was like later in elementary school. And I played it and I, it was so fucking difficult for me to understand combos because I would like look at the book and, you know, it would have the directions. And I'm like, what does this mean? I'm supposed to press all of them at the same time. <laughs> yeah. And I would just kind of guess and like figure it out. And I would play against the computer and kind of like train against myself, um, you know, because I didn't really have like I had my little cousins and stuff like that. But. I didn't really have anyone in my age range immediately, you know, in my family. Mm -hmm. So it was just kind of like, I mean, I would just play by myself and, um, or if I would go to like sleepovers or something like that and they had games and I would like play with them, but it usually wasn't fighting games. So when I, when I really, really had gotten into fighting games by meeting new people that also played was when I was in college. So I, I went to college in 2004, excuse me, and um, I got told about this video game club. And I met a ton of people that I'm still friends with now. And um, yeah, I mean, I introduced a lot of people to that game club and, and just to that group. And it was just so fun, you know, and it, it was like a bunch of like, um, at that time, a lot of them were seniors and, you know, and they had had established this game club, you know, and it was every Friday and we would go and it was just kind of like our hangout, you know, mm -hmm. and we would kick it and play. And so um, probably the first game that I was good at that I actually competed in was GNT4, which is this Naruto game from GameCube. And um, I remember those you, games. I mean, you can like, <laughs> Yes, exactly. And people that don't know, you can like Google them. It videos will come up on YouTube. Mm -hmm. It was such a fucking fun game, and I was totally a Naruto at that time. <laughs> I loved Naruto so much. 
Um, I used to have a, a hidden leaf headband okay. that I tied to my purse, and I would just let it like hang from my purse. I fucking love. I still love Naruto, but I mean, you know, it's um like I was so I was like eighteen then, so it was totally just like oh I you know love it, and it was just cool to meet people that love the same stuff that I love as much as I love it, you know, mm. and uh, so yeah, I would play GNT four, and I I would train with like some of the best gnt4 players like i believe they were some of the best like in the country and um they were from the midwest and one of them uh rob nagaro he moved to japan uh, he moved to japan years ago because he actually used to run a tournament here mm. um it was a small tournament that was at nickel city not mwc it was a separate tournament that he just ran by himself and um but yeah and he would like bring like variety prizes from japan like stuff like that it was cool and um so yeah rob would play um uh, my friend miguel him and his little brother they would play and miguel was probably he was like the best kakashi because his name was dark kakashi that was his gamer tag hmm. he was the best kakashi in the country and his little brother who at that time was like eight he was he was called dark sasuke and he used to beat everybody's ass. I mean, he would come in and pick Kiyubi Naruto, and he would be in grand finals with Rob Nagaro. Okay. Like, it was, like, unbelievable. And I would train and train and train, and then I had picked up, because I would always pick Kiyubi Naruto, and uh, him or Kimimaru. And um, I picked up Kiyubi and was, like, whooping everybody ass <laughs> so <laughs> I, was like, I found my character so i i mean i used to love it miguel used to have small tournaments um in his family's backyard hmm. and people would come from like other states to come and and play with miguel wow. i mean it was like that. so um then probably okay after naruto then tvc came out so okay yeah then tvc came out so tetsunoko versus capcom I have the game somewhere. I think it's over on my little shelf. Um, but TBC came out, and I loved TBC. And I, I, I was dating a guy at the time. Um, he had it. I never had a Wii, but he had it. Or his, I think his roommate had it. It was something like that. Hmm. And so we would play it, and I would play Morgan and Polymar. I would play June the Swan, Polymar. Um I fucking love that game. And we used to go, um, I don't know if you all have this in New York, but in Chicago, we have a place called Gameworks. Um, it's in Schaumburg, which is far as hell. Is it like, like an arcade? Is it, is it like the arcade kind of setup? Right. Yeah. It's, like, it's almost like Dave and Buster's, but much, much better. Right. I've heard of them. arcade cabs that people want to play. Yeah, I've heard of them totally, uh -huh. but we've never had it in our region. So. Oh, got yeah. it. Okay, yeah. Uh, Gameworks is a lot of fun. And so... Because they, they have, like, the UFO machines, like the Sega UFO machines. It's really cool. And so um, they were the only place that had a Street Fighter Four cab. I think they had two Street Fighter Four cabs, and they had a Tetsunoko versus Capcom cab. Okay. And I remember this one time I had gone out there, because I never, like, I never competed in tournament in TBC, because uh, by the time I wanted to, Marvel 3 came out and fucking destroyed it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so mm -hmm. that was a wrap for TBC. So anyway, um, when uh, there was there was this one time I had gone out there 
it was my ex's birthday. And so we went to, to GameWorks. And we were, uh, I was sitting at the TVC cab just by myself. I was playing by myself. And this random kid walks up and he sits down. He doesn't speak to me. He doesn't say shit. He just sits down. I guess he thought he was going to win. I whooped his ass <laughs> with Polymar. I didn't even have to call my assist. I just kept making Polymar turn into a car and looped it over and over and oh over my again. God. And he, he got up and stormed off. And I was like, well, good game. It's bye. <laughs> so that was just super funny because people, and, and even like when you're a female gamer, people, especially strangers, will kind of be like real dismissive of you, even in tournament, you know, like when people don't know who you are, because they'll like assume you're cocky. Or, right. And it's like, no, you could just talk to me like a normal person. Like, mm -hmm. what the, f you know, like that's you feeling that way, not me. That, that's so, so crazy because I, I've had like definitely situations like that um, where, it mm -hmm. was, where it was the opposite. Like I came in the situation oh quiet um, against women, like in, in fighting games. I, 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 I'll never forget this. This is like, this is me, of course, telling my age. This is like 94, like the summer 94. Okay. I, I have a whole story. Like I, we, so there was, I know you remember when Blockbuster had like those gaming tournaments um, back yes. in the day. So <laughs> that, like they had it where like they were doing one for NBA Jam and like, I used to kill NBA Jam in the arcade and then it came on the whole home console. So I'm like, I'm going to win this, blah, blah, blah. I'm going to go score. So I go to my local GameStop to sign up. I go to play my game. So you're supposed to get like the most points in two quarters or an half or whatever. And then like okay. the top, whatever, go, right? So uh, uh -huh. the first thing was I was playing on a Sega Genesis. So I was used to those controls, right? And then yep. like, so that was the first issue. The second issue was we go there, Super Nintendo. I'm like, okay, fine. I own a Super Nintendo. I'll, I'll just adjust, right? So the person that's supposed to be watching me that worked at the store to put the score up, he wouldn't let me configure my buttons. Wow. And I'm like, what an oh, yeah. And I'm like, why? Why not? I can't, I can't play like this, you know? And like, I already ran this you know, scenario through, like, I'm going to score like 80 points in the half. The high score in that location was like 63. I ended up getting like 59. And I, I was so, uh -huh. I was so mad. Like I like, I wanted like everybody. Yeah. I wanted the whole world to blow up that day. I, I was so mad, yes. and like, I, I took a bus down like twenty minutes to get here, and I'm like, you know what? I'm walking back. Like, I I don't even feel like getting on the bus. I'm You're just, like, fuck it. I forget <laughs> everything, right? And like, on my way back, I stumble onto this arcade that will end up changing my life. And like, it's a little tiny arcade and a little comic shop, and they had a uh, Super Turbo in there. And like, this is not my hood. I'm in another hood, and like from oh, me gosh. so so i go in i'm like okay it's cool like you know there's, there's a super turbo i'm gonna play right i go right. in I, I start playing and this girl comes in like this, this girl she's tall thin she comes in she's she's on the game and i hear her say watch me beat this guy's ass that's exactly what she said and i'm like whoa oh my goodness okay and you know i'm like let me pull out my fan <laughs> i didn't say nothing I, I didn't say nothing i was like i had i was playing claw vega so i'm like okay she plays ken ain't doing nothing i ain't never seen a thousand times before you're you are typical uh -huh. flow, flow chart from the hood ken like right. ain't nothing like so long story short i decimated her right and she, when she when she loses Damn. the first match, she stops and she looks at me for like a minute, and I'm like, I'm a deer in headlights. I'm like, 
Right. You're that's like, how I've always been. Un- until you say something crazy to me, that's how I used to, I'm like, keep it on the game. I'm not I'm not uh-huh. trying to I'm not trying to indulge you. And she goes, she looks around, she goes, Who the fuck is this? Right? And I'm, like, <laughs> and I'm like, damn, it's like that. I ended up being really good friends with her after that. Like, but oh, she she good. but she was not having it that day. She didn't know I was not from that hood. Like the whole block came down to play me after that. And then like it, it was yeah, it was one of those moments. So, you know, I Oh, I, that's I, awesome, actually. I, I, I definitely get where where that's coming from. That initial like, you know. Okay, GGS, maybe you know, don't, right. be so, don't be so hostile, you know. Exactly. <laughs> I um, the game. Okay, so the game after TBC, um, was Blaze Blue. So okay. Blaze Blue. Oh, I fucking love Blaze Blue. First, first Blaze Blue. Um, the the second one wasn't bad, and then like the other renditions, it I played up until Platinum. The Trinity was on the game. Okay. And then after that, I was like, uh, I, I'm good. Cause it's, it's, they keep making so fucking many of them. And it, it was right. just, it was exhausting. Um, when I played blaze blue, I played, um, Noel Vermillion, who mm-hmm. was my bitch because she She's could, dope. she was the only character that I was willing to learn that could take down the tanks. So okay. it like in TBC, they have tank characters. So go Lytan and fucking uh, NX9000, whatever his fucking name was. Mm-hmm. He, they were both like literally giant characters. Mm-hmm. And if you played against them and you didn't know how to catch them up, they would crush you. Right. And so like in Blaze Blue, um, they had Tager. And Tager is a big body. He's like Potemkin. Yeah, Potemkin, yeah, of course. Mm-hmm. Like, exact same, you know, type of design. Right. And so um, one of my friends used to play Tager. And the only way I could get him was with Noel Vermillion. And I, I love her. Mm-hmm. Um, so I played her and I played Arcune because, of course, I got to play the creepy character. <laughs> and I was really good at Arcune until they buffed, until they nerfed him, actually. They nerfed him because in the original Blaze Blue, you used to be able to do the curse on a loop. Like mm. you could curse, you could curse your opposite character. Or, I mean, you could curse your uh, your, oppo- your, <laughs> opponent. your opponent. Excuse me. <laughs> you could curse your opponent and then do a combo on them, and then you mm. could loop it. You could curse them. Do I mean it? I used to make people angry when I play Arcune, and they, mm. they would get frustrated, and I would get frustrated too, because um. My ex at that time, he played Rachel, and Rachel used to piss me the fuck off. <laughs> Rachel was the little girl with the parasol, the little vampire mm. girl with the parasol. And if you knew how to play Rachel, you could destroy the entire character board. Right. Rachel was ridiculous. Um, and I tried to play Rachel, but I just, I got it a little bit, but it, she she had too much stuff going on. She had like, familiars and I, it was a lot i was like okay i <laughs> i don't even <laughs> care about this uh care about learning this and platinum the trinity was kind of like that too and i got kind of good with platinum but it i the best character was noel for me uh noel and and Arcune until they nerfed him mm. noel remained the same uh kind of like consistently in the games um then after uh, I didn't continue playing the other Blaze Blues, I played KOF 2012 for a while. I actually competed it in Evo 
<clears throat> with that game, but I didn't do well because I didn't have enough time to train. Mm-hmm. And we had driven to Vegas that year. <clears throat> Excuse me. And um, what, what's that? So drive yeah, like? it was just it was thirty two hours, oh and God. we did it in like two ish days. Okay. Um, we left on the fourth of July night, and then drove, and it was like. It was like uh, two, it was one that was a SUV and then the other one was like a, a 12 passenger van, I think. And um, yeah, I mean, we were troopers and we did that shit. <laughs> and so, yeah, it was a whole thing. But um, yeah, I mean, it was it was interesting. It was an interesting time. And that was actually my first Evo. Um, I actually still have that KOF 2012 shirt because it was a lot of people that year. I had gotten by um, a few times because it was a lot of people that just came or just had applied for it to get the KOF shirt and right. not play. Right. <laughs> so oh yeah. It was like, oh, but that, that's like that's such a collector's um, edition. I, me being like a super huge KOF fan, you know, reason why I'm even here. Yes. Today, you know, I don't have oh that shirt, God, and I'm like, I love KOF. you know, like, oh my God, I, I don't have that shirt. This is impossible. How does that work? Oh my goodness. You know? Yeah, I um the KOF I really liked. Believe it or not was KOF 2006, and a mm. lot of people hated it. Oh, the Maximum Impact, yes. But I thought impact, it was cool yes. because, yeah, BJNay, yeah. I actually cosplayed as one of BJNay's alternate costumes from that game. Oh, nice. She, um, she has, a, yes, she has an alternate costume where she's brown, and she wears a blue version of her dress, and it's, like, kind of, like, covered in, like, stars and, like, glitter, mm-hmm. and she wears a blue cowboy or a blue pirate hat. And um, I cosplayed as that version of her at like an ASAN one year. Uh, ASAN is is Anime Central. It is Chicago's biggest anime convention. Okay. Um, ASAN. The only thing that's that's probably bigger than ASAN in the Midwest is Gen Con. Yomakon is equivalent to ASAN. Um, so yeah, that that's about it. But anyway. Uh yeah, I yeah I loved KOF 2006. That that was that was a really fun game too. I also love Soul Calibur because I love Baldo, of course, <laughs> and Nightmare. There's always a creepy character <laughs> so, for you, huh? Yeah, I also love Tekken. Like a lot of people don't know, but I yeah I um when Tekken oh I think it was six or seven the one where Lily first came out. Isn't that I five dr? Five. Okay. Then, um, so I played six a lot because six was her, Zafina, Mm -hmm. and um, Alisa. Yes. I used to make people so angry playing Alisa because I would take her head off and I would be like, (laughs) here, I'm trying to give you some head. And then it would explode, obviously. And uh, people would get so mad. I would bring her chainsaws out at random times and juggle people. Like it was so much fucking fun. I used to make people angry playing Zafina because no one understood her. No one understood her. You know she, you know how weird she is, and and uh, yeah, I mean, I just thought it was funny because I never, I never took competing at games like intensely seriously as people that I knew. Like right. I took it seriously to an extent, but I had, I mean, I was putting myself through school and shit. Like it, you know, it was kind of like it was fun. It's fun, but you know, I never expected to like win nothing for real. It, mm-hmm. you know, it was just kind of like it's cool, it, it's whatever. Um, yeah, I mean, oh my god, love those games. I have attempted Street Fighter because I remember my ex wanted me to enter that women's Street Fighter tournament, 
and he wanted me to play to train in Street Fighter just to play in that tournament. I never entered the tournament. Mm. And um yeah, I mean Street Fighter just was never my thing. Like I've actually cosplayed a ton of Street Fighter characters. Right. And I admire the game and I admire people that are good at it. It's just not my thing. Right. Um so yeah, I've just never I've never uh been good at it. I understand it, but it's just not my thing. Uh what else? Okay, so after Blaze Blue, my next big game that I fell in love with that was I think that was actually the last game I entered at Evo, uh, was Persona 4 wow. Arena. Okay. So yeah, I love, love, love Persona 4. Um it's oh my god, it's just, it I it's such a freaking good good game. And um I never played the Persona RPGs because I personally am not a fan of RPGs. Nothing against people that love them. I know a lot of people love them. Right. I've never liked RPGs. That's fine. Even yeah. from when I was little, I, I just, I don't like them. Um, I like open world games. I like fighting games. I like platformers. I like dungeon crawlers, stuff like that. RPGs are not my damn thing. Not because of the reading. I just kind of think a lot of them are boring. And I it's, you know, it's nothing... Again, everyone has a preference with games. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, they've just never been my thing. But, and I've had, I have, well, I have played some RPGs that I did really enjoy because I played a couple of the Mario RPGs that were cute, that were on DS. And I played the Sailor Moon RPG, of course, because it's Sailor Moon. Um, but I played that, like, on, on, like, a some type of like burn program that's on my computer because mm -hmm. uh, it's a super old game i think right. that original i, I, I think, I, I think th like those had to be uh those had to be translated right i think they were or, they had or, to be translated or, exactly yeah. exactly and some of them here. are still in japanese mm -hmm. yes yep so i played um that and uh yeah i mean i freaking love oh and also during the time i played um i played tvc I used to play with Karasa, and Karasa, um, I, Karasa is is so fucking awesome. He he's just really always just been such a positive person as long as I've known him. Because I used I had gone one year, um, I believe he ran it for like two or three years. Karasa had a tournament in St. Louis called um, Aerial Rave, and it was so much fun. I think that was actually the first um, regional tournament I ever went to that was outside of my state. Okay. So I uh, went to Aerial Rave, and it was a blast. I didn't compete then because that was before I was comfortable competing. I just kind of was there watching people. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it was really entertaining. And um, But, yeah, Karasa, if anyone knows Karasa, they know that he is amazing at TVC. Right. And Karasa, um, he showed me a lot about that game because when Miguel would have his little mini tournaments um, in his family's backyard – back then he would um he would definitely have like he would give me like like uh i would play against him and i would get frustrated because i'm like damn it why is he so good and but then i would learn from him you know and it, Karasa was uh one of the best tvc players hands down uh i don't care what nobody says he was most definitely and will always be you right. know regardless so okay persona so then uh, Persona 4 Arena comes out, and I I forgot how I started playing it, but I fell in love with that game. 
fangirl because <laughs> I, I obviously played the girl that had all the fucking fans. And I used to, again, piss people off because <laughs> I, would, um, I would throw fans at them. And so I kind of like try and bait them and try and get them to come in. And then when they would try and come in, then I would send my persona out that would, that would, uh, that would like, I think her persona used to like hold people in place or she like could drain their life force. It was something, I think she could do both of those. Yeah, do both. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I would send my persona out and then combo them and then go to the other side of the stage and then throw fans at them. Until they were angry enough to jump at me. And I would do that until the time ran out. Because I just thought it was funny. And uh, <laughs> so, yeah, I used to torture people with her. Um, oh, my God. Who else did I play in Persona? She was really kind of my main. Like, even in the second, even in even when Persona 4 Ultimax came out, um, I tried to play Elizabeth a little bit. Because Elizabeth became better than her in that second uh, version. Hmm. But, yeah, I mean, yeah, I kind of just stuck with her. Oh, my God, I cannot even remember who, because I spent so much time, like, playing her. So, I never really kind of took up a secondary character in Persona for real. It was, like, really hard. Okay. Um, And, I, I, yeah, I felt like I had someone else that I chose to for just some of the kind of, like, people that could break her like new 13 and those fucking ridiculous characters new mm-hmm. 13 is so damn overpowered it made no sense but <laughs> yeah i mean that's kind of my fighting game resume and i haven't competed really uh since persona honestly okay um yeah due to like either lack of interest of new games or really just like doing other shit like because after yeah. i started working um a lot more like in my industry because a lot of time like before i was uh before i was uh in the union i would have two jobs so i mean at one point i worked at the news station and i worked at the opera at night um there was a period of time i worked at the opera the longest and uh i always had a second job when i worked at the opera because i would have a day job and then would go to the opera at night time Right. Um, so yeah, it was it was it was a, a arduous ass journey, and kind of like up until I was inducted into the union, I've had multiple jobs. Like once I got um, once I started getting entertainment jobs, that was really the only time that I can remember since I was maybe in college or high school that I didn't that I've only had one job at a time. Like seriously, gotcha, uh, gotcha. which is wild. <laughs> but yeah, I, I, I work, I'm always working hard and always working a lot, you know, and uh, I try to like reply to people like when I can. And so this is a rare off day for me, honestly. And um, yeah, you know, it's just, yeah, I, I mean, and I think that's kind of why I never like care to just like know life, the FGC, right. kind of just train because I'm like, I have dreams like real life dreams mm. that are separate from this scene. Like I love cosplay. Don't get me wrong. You know, I love all of that stuff, but my real life always came first. Of course. Hey, yes. I, I put myself through beauty school, still going to FGC events, you know? And, uh, I mean, yeah, like tournaments, all that. I've never had nobody pay for me to go to a tournament. I never had nobody pay for a plane ticket. None of that. I've, I've maybe, 
gotten like comp badges. I've maybe gotten like stuff like that, but no one has ever comped my room. Ain't nobody ever paid for my room for me. Right. None of that. Yeah, I, I've done all of that shit uh, on my own. And I mean, if I've roomed with other people, then obviously the other people can put in. But yeah, I mean, that was kind of it. <laughs> like I, I definitely every um, every convention. Yeah, unless I was working the convention. Uh, yeah, I definitely pay for everything myself. But, it's independent. Yeah. In effect, I, I appreciate that. It, I, you know, I'll be trying. It, it, <laughs> I'll be trying. It, it's dope. Um, I want I want your opinion on something. Um, yes. With, with, with a few of the guests that I've talked to, and then just in regular conversation, uh, we talk a lot about the different communities in, in, the, in the United States FGC. And yes. what usually comes up in conversation is the strength. Of the different regions, right? And um, yeah, and, and I'm guilty of this too because I'm from New York in that region. Um, yeah, and, and the general consensus is usually that more or less is West Coast, East Coast, arguably, and then everyone else, right? Right. So, how do you feel as a Midwestern about like the strength of players in that region, and then compared to the rest of the country or even the world? And like, how, how how do you feel about that? Is it is that sentiment far off? Is it something that people are just talking out their ass and that you have some real talent out in the Midwest, or well, what is what, yeah. what is that? Um, well, being biased, um, <laughs> of course we are the Midwest. Okay, <laughs> but um, you know, <laughs> I think that the Midwest, like, very seriously, does have some very very good competition. Right. Um. You know, and we have some of the best players. It, it might not be like the best players in like all the super mainstream games, but some, right. I mean, Detroit, oh my God, Detroit has so many good Street Fighter players. Yes. So many good Street Fighter players. They had a lot of good more MK players, a lot of good Tekken okay, players. Tekken. The same here. Uh, what was yeah. the name, of, what was the name um, of the player that um was really good in Street Fighter Cross Tekken that came out from that region? Um, oh, um, oh my gosh. Um, cool kid. Yeah. He, uh, was it yeah, cool kid? yeah. He, he's from Chicago. Right. Um, oh yeah. Mm. He, and they're cool. I get along with him and his wife, Joy. Yeah. They're, they've always been cool in my book, you know, regardless of like controversy and you know, right. whatever. Right. I, they don't have nothing to do with me. No, no. Uh, but Chicago, um, does Chicago had some of the best Skullgirls players? Mm-hmm. We've had some of the best Guilty Gear players. We've had some of the best Mortal Kombat players. Mm-hmm. We've had some of the best, really, just kind of anime game players, just right. in general, like obscure games, you know, or whatever that people think of. Um, <clears throat> I actually remember my friend Jeff. <laughs> this is a funny story. Um, so Frosty Fausting has a tournament that is very special to their tournament called the Mystery Game Tournament. Yes. If you've never heard of the Mystery Game Tournament, it is literally a tournament where you enter and then you go and compete against whoever is in your pool. They literally put a blind game in. You find out what you're playing when the game is turned on just like everyone else. If you've never heard of it, it's more than likely that you've never heard of it. So you just fucking wing it. I, I've definitely and heard of it, it but isn't it, is it, because I know uh, UFGT, which is now 
Comma breaker, the the spiritual successor. Yeah. Um, they did yeah. something like that. Is it? It's not. Is it the same game the whole tournament, or each round is a different game? Oh no! Every time you sit down, it's okay. a different game. That's what I thought. <laughs> yeah. So I, it's like it's like a box of tricks. Mm-hmm. So and it's hilarious because it's it's like these super obscure games, and you're like, what the hell is happening? <laughs> so okay, Frosty Faustings, not the last one that happened, but the one before that. Um, my friend Jeff, who's local, um, he went up against Jabaley and Jabaley was like so cocky and Jabaley thought he was going to beat him and Jeff whooped his ass and knocked him out the tournament. <laughs> and I guess Jabaley was super upset about it and I thought it was hysterical. And I gave Jeff a high five and I was like, thank you, Jeff. <laughs> Get him out of the tournament. Um, so that was just funny. My friend Brad has won Mystery Game a couple times. Um, yeah, I mean, Mystery Game Tournament is just a lot of fun. So that's something that's fun, you know, and like special for the Midwest. Um, yeah, I mean, we, have, but I mean, St. Louis, they, like I was talking about with Carasa, I mean, they have, they have quite a few hitters. Um, it, Midwest gets slept on a lot. And I think it's because people think, oh, we, it's farmland and, all, you know, whatever. Like Midwest got some real, some real competitors, you know, right. and, uh, a lot of members of corn are extremely good at games. Yes, yes. You know, and I feel like they haven't gotten a lot of credit, you know, for a lot of stuff. I mean, Sleep was the KI world champion mm-hmm. three times. Yep. So, you know, Twine has traveled all over the world playing mm-hmm. Street Fighter, Mortal Kombat, Adonis, Adonis OG, uh, Footwork. Mm-hmm. A lot of them, Gerald, or GP Money is his gamer tag. Yep. You know, a lot of them. And, um, L-Train, a lot Caps, of people here, you know, all those guys. L-Train, like... oh my God, yeah. I actually just saw L-Train. Um, he had came to Chicago for a little bit for his girlfriend's birthday. Mm-hmm. And yeah, we kicked it, took them to the casino. We had a good time. And um, But yeah, it, like they, they have so many people that are slept on and you know, I feel like the Midwest tends to get respect and silence until we get rowdy about shit. Right. You know, and yeah. then like, oh, okay, whoa, well, okay, you got, like, you got oh, it, you got it, you got it. Right, want... exactly. <laughs> you know? We definitely will get loud. <laughs> so <laughs> that's what's up. I, I but, appreciate yeah. that. But you know, you got to represent. You know, don't let don't let us coast people tell you how to feel about your. You know about your community, and I, I, I honestly, when, when that, now that I really think about it, having you on the show, yes, you guys have a lot of talent coming from there. I remember, like, yeah, Alucard, Body, and Daigo in pools one year, and how hyped that Ooh, was. You know, oh my god! And you know, you you can't, you know, when you see someone like a Daigo or just someone in any game, like it could be like yes. a new game that debuted at an event and no one had experience. Like, you don't count those guys out ever because of just their fundamentals, their fundamentals, and their skill level. And so Absolutely. It, it, it's, it's huge. It's huge. And, I, you know, some some fans and, you know, apologize to make up excuses and like, you know, the, the sun was black that day or some shit. And like, you know, right, right. But exactly. it, it's like it's just whoever was who was the best player at that that day, at that moment. You know, that's what it that day at that moment. You exactly. Know. You know, and people will. And I feel like people do try to discredit a lot of Midwest players. And it's unfair. And I think, and honestly, I mean, even to take it here, I, I think it's a racial thing too, oh. because I don't feel that as many 
black or Hispanic players get as much credit as white or Asian players. Miss Moxie, let me I tell don't. you right now. Let me tell you right now. You and I yeah. are going to touch on that in another episode because we need to have a whole episode. Oh, no, absolutely. Dedicated it's a to whole it. subject. Yes, definitely. <laughs> but go ahead. Continue. I'm sorry. Yeah, I mean, but yeah, I, I, I love the Midwest. E- even if I don't live here my entire life, I will always be from here and mm-hmm. I will always represent regardless. It, I up. love Chicago. And I love my Midwest surrounding cities, you know, and I mean, Ohio got some players too. Um, they speaking of, I mean, they obviously have perfect legend, you know, right, and um, they got Jacko, they got a couple hitters and is, you know, it's interesting. Cause I, I feel like people, when people, you know, expect the Midwest, like I was saying, they think like the cornfield and cows and shit. And it's like, we got that, but we also got, we can be loud. We can be, we can have our own, personality specific to us we you know one person doesn't represent an entire community right and you know we'll have people that'll come out of states of oh i'm the king of so-and-so oh i'm the fuck that we all (laughs) on the same plane right you know because really the people that's winning don't need to do all of that right (laughs) they can let their winning speak for them exactly so you know it's really a thing that i think that people you know What I've noticed uh, with FGC people that I think is super interesting, when they, certain ones, when they start to become top players or they start to get recognition for certain shit and then they get cocky and forget where they came from. And I really think that's some young people shit. Like not to Mm -hmm. be an asshole, whatever. Mm -hmm. I've had people call me old on some side, you know, some snarky boy. And I was like, (laughs) okay, you you got one more time. (laughs) You're you're, you're FGC boomer to call (laughs) Calling you FTC boomer. Oh yeah, it's like don't play with me because yeah. I'm not your mama. Right. Like <laughs> you know. So anyway, uh, um, yeah. I mean, and and it really just kind of is some like young people like I know everything shit, and it's like, but you don't know everything. You mm. ain't like stop. <laughs> and if somebody is trying to tell you some shit, sometimes you need to just listen. And uh, a lot of them, when they get cocky and they kind of like think that they know everything, oh they got it because they they FGC famous and like, okay, so then say the FGC shuts down completely, right. just, you know, just hypothetically, right. say it shuts down and there ain't shit else, no, no tournaments, no whatever. Right. And like during the pandemic, for example, mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, people are kind of like shut in and then your FGC fame is doing what for you? Right. Because right. you need to have a backup plan. Right. I'm not exactly. saying to not be happy about being in the FGC, but get a skill that is not video games. Because what actually uh, the real reason that I have stopped competing is because I developed a nerve disorder. Mm. So it goes from like the middle of my back in my spine and goes down my shoulder, down my left, my left hand is my dominant hand. Yeah. And it affects everything. It'll be, I have good days, I have bad days. And I have some days where my hand will literally shake because of my nerves right. being fucked up. And, um, you know, so it's, I, obviously my real life job is very dependent on the strength of that, you right. know, and of me being able to hold things and, I mean, the worst that it's been, I wasn't even even able to grip a pencil. Right. Okay. You know, so it, 
Yeah, I mean, it was it was bad. It was really- and so, you know, I've worked on getting it better and, you know, trying to, like, change things. And uh, but yeah, I mean, that was why I stopped competing, because I was like, I can't I couldn't even. So it here's my hand doing it right now. Mm. I couldn't even um, I couldn't even freaking like hold uh, hold a stick or a controller right. without twitching. So I would press buttons I wasn't trying to press or do a jerk motion that I wasn't trying to do. And right. yeah, I mean, I play for fun, but I, I'll never compete again. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a lot. Not, it's, it's a, a lot. It's you a, know, I, I, I had the same issue with, um, I get like carpal tunnel and, you know, and like, yep. uh, I've actually had, I've actually lost tournament matches because my hand decided to go. The pain. Fuck you. <laughs> you know, like, and like, yep. um, I, I'm literally like, um, my hand kind of does like it doesn't do that as much because I I've I've I, I fell back from competitive gaming a lot. I do it once in a blue. Yeah. I still I still play, but not can't invest the hours like I used to. And um, I was in a tournament match and I was playing KOF, and I, I I dropped basically the match because right at the end of the match, my fingers used to do this thing where it would do like Spider Man lock. The twitch and yep, yeah, and then exactly. my fingers would just lock. Yeah, mine kind of does that. And like, I need my hands to press these buttons, you know, to to, to play. And it's like I'm I'm, I'm sitting there kind of trying to use my knuckle to get like oh, you know, a button that I wanted yeah, to come in exactly. And like, and like, I'm this is happening mid match. I'm like, fuck, you know. So I I totally yep. understand. Like, and people don't you know don't know that's an issue. And I'm sure it affects a lot of players, especially players that have longevity in the community have been around. Oh, wow, because you know that's exactly. definitely you know unless it, unless you had some sort of injury, it's not like a a young person's ailment, right? It's like usually people that've been around, right. you know, doing this for a while. And, so. and carpal tunnel can develop even being an artist, because right. I mean, like I said, I draw all of the things that I do are with my hands. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my job, my hobbies, crafting, making props, doing. I mean, all of that shit is dependent on me having my hands. I would rather do that stuff than be good at video games any day. So I can watch people be good at video games. That doesn't, you know, that's whatever. But, um, you know, cause I've even, I've had people say, oh, she don't even play no games. No, I don't, not <laughs> no more, not competitively. That doesn't mean you don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, right. and people that don't deal with it don't know because it's painful as hell too. Right. So it's it's not even just like it's a twitch. It is some of the worst pain I've ever been in in my life. Right. right. So, you know, and it's it, it's a consistent thing. It's not like it's on and off. It, it don't go away. Right. You know, and uh, yeah, I mean, I've heard of players develop carpal tunnel, develop um, arthritis in, mm-hmm. in certain, you know, instances. And really it's kind of like have a plan after this mm-hmm, yes. no one is going to compete in video games forever nope no one no so it's no one's gonna you know i mean well maybe cosplay could be different i maybe some people could cosplay <laughs> forever i don't know right but like with video games since it is such a physical thing because since they like to call it esports or whatever it i mean the same with athletes athletes are not athletes forever right ballerinas ballerinas until they're maybe 25 hmm. that's the end of their career so, you know, and because it's so physically demanding and pressing buttons is physically demanding, you're doing mm-hmm. a repetitious act. And um, 
it's just something that people need to take into account. Think about something else that you would enjoy doing, even if it is video games. Right. Go to school for that. You know, like educate yourself. Exactly. Make, Make yourself, yourself better. Get a trade. Part, part of this industry. Else. Yeah. Like do something else. I, With I, your tournament winning, stop spending your tournament winnings to stunt. Oh, Take oh. your tournament winnings and put yourself Hello. in school. <laughs> like, I mean, that's a, seriously, man. It's, it's ridiculous. You hitting the head, uh, hammer on the head in that one. Um, it, it's funny because like, I I equate kind of like an FCC competitor or any competitor to like the people that run the tournaments and own the organizations and run the teams, right? Because I'm like, um, mm-hmm. I'm, I think, I forget which which one it was, but Chris Rock said it best. He was like, you know, Shaq, Shaq is rich, right? He gets a contract when he played, yep. you know, he got money, whatever. You know, the guy that owns his team is wealthy, you know? He's the one yep. that's like giving Shaq the, you know, the money. That's nothing because like he could, he could have that, you know, you buy yourself nice little rims as he said, you know, whatever. Um, you kind of want to be that person at the end of the day, right? Or like kind of just like yep. make your own fortune because being an FTC competitor isn't guaranteed a paycheck, no matter how good you are. It sure ain't. You know, <laughs> it's not. And I think some people don't grab that concept, you know, very well, you know. Because um, I, can I say this real quick before sure. you finish your statement? When tournaments come back, if I see one FGC GoFundMe for a tournament, <laughs> I am clowning the fuck out of you. Like, period. Uh, I, I don't want to see it no more. No Get more. a job. No more. Get a job. But and, it, I'm sorry. Go ahead. And, and, you know, <laughs> and, and, and even if you have to do that, don't do that shit two days before the fucking event. When shit is Thank at its you. most expensive, utmost situation, like if you knew you were going to this event six, eight, twelve months in advance, start it back then. You know what I mean? Yeah. Start and, and start stuff for yourself. Right? But again, it's another show. It's another, it's another topic. Yeah, it's another. I know. Um, <laughs> I know. <laughs> um, that all being said, uh, I personally need to know how. How did you ever get mixed up with such a crazy guy like James MK? Like James, oh god! Uh, and and okay, James, you know, so... if James if James hears this, he knows I'm playing because I, I love him to death. Um, and like, yes, he, I, he, oh man, James he's has been become like, huh? No, sorry, I was gonna say that he's been like, like when we first started KPB and stuff like that. Like, there's like there was just a handful of people that were like so welcoming into the community, and he was one of those. People for sure, like he, 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 yeah. he, 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 you know, forget about who he is or what he believes in, political affiliation, yeah. none of that, none of that's important. He will literally walk up to you and say, "What's up?" You know, and say, "You know, shake how, your how, how, how shake your hand," you know, tell you, you tell you his opinion of the of the current status of the community, and then that's it. And keep it moving, like, and and it, you know, that's that's a down to earth, like you know. Uh, I, I think personality that people lack. So how 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 did you get to yes. uh, meet this guy and his craziness? Okay, so oh man, James, <laughs> so I James he James is such an entertaining person, and uh, and he's such a fascinating person. Like I've gotten to know James very well over the years of like doing the show before the show, mm-hmm. and. Um, you know, James has become like one of my closest friends that I've met 
from the FGC. I don't consider him an FGC person anymore at this point. Right. Like, James is my friend. So, like, my real-life friend. James will call on me and check on me. He, he, I mean, he does it with a few people, you know, but he... So, okay, the way I met James. So, oh, my goodness. So, one of the other things I did, uh, kind of like... Not in the beginning of me being the FGC, because I first joined FGC technically in 2004, because that was when I, you know, found that game club and you know started playing GNT4, all of that. So, um, oh man, when did I? When did this group happen? So this girl I knew has suggested. I, okay, I had a video blog that I did on my own, and it was pretty FGC centric, because I would have like special guests on there. It wasn't always about the FGC, but it would be like about hot button topics. Some of the episodes are still on YouTube. Um, and you know, like it's, I did it by myself, uh, in terms of like creating the ideas, being in front of the camera, yada, 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 makeup, hair, blah, blah, blah. Um, at one point I had a friend that helped me and then that went south. Um, Because he would, like, record it for me, like, put up the whole thing. He would upload it to his YouTube. And uh, then it it went south, and I didn't do it for a long time. And people were like, oh, man, bring your show back, yada, yada, yada. And um, another friend of mine, my friend Jeff that I mentioned earlier, he, excuse me, helped me bring it back again. And I had Adonis on the episode, and I did another episode. I think it was about... Shit, I think it was about like polyamory and you or so. So I would just talk about just kind of like general stuff. Mm. It wasn't always about the FGC. But I had done this infamous <laughs> two part episode that was uh, called The Women of the FGC versus Pro Hoes <laughs> um, <laughs> that had <laughs> members of Corn on it. Uh, Adonis, Caps, and uh, Bucci was on there. Bucci Main Black. And so. During that time, I also ran a women of the FGC group. That that was what it was called. Yeah. I was uh, the first uh, to do that. And uh, someone had brought, during when I was filming my video blog, um, someone had given me that idea. I was like, oh, we should do this and this and that. And I was like, oh, I don't know. You know, because I had been affiliated with a previous girl gamer group that mm. was bullshit and that I w- will remain unnamed because right. uh, this isn't the OBS show. <laughs> but um, so I started the group, you know, and these girls would tell me all their problems. They would fight with each other. They, I mean, you know, it was all these issues. Then they would be mad at the boys because the boys would, you know, talk shit about the group and this isn't and that. And so I'm here trying to mediate all sides because I'm that was actually how I met Adonis right. <laughs> was because he was trying to like bully my group and talk shit. And I was like, first of all, <laughs> don't talk to all of them. You can talk to me. Right. And so we became cool from that because he saw that I wasn't fake, right. you know? And so, you know, our friendship spawned from that. And then James, you know, found out about my group. So he had me do the OBS show. So many people from my local scene were like, please don't do this. That Like they were so scared. They didn't want any parts of it. I'm sure they had 
talked about my back. I heard somebody had called me an idiot for affiliating with, I mean, I like all kinds of stuff. And I was mm-hmm. like, all right. Um, Cause people had feelings towards him because of whatever their affiliation was with some other TOs that don't have shit to do with me. Right. <laughs> so people, the people that have shown loyalty to me are the people that I still talk to today. Right. Everybody else can kiss my ass. Exactly. And I'm saying that very seriously. Um, so from that, uh, James had me be on the OBS show. So I did it at home. I had had my laptop at that time and I did the interview. James was so nice to me. I talked to him beforehand because we spoke on the phone. He told me, you know, what, what it was going to be about. He didn't throw any weird, like, sidebar, um, or excuse me, curveball questions at me. Like, it was like, he wasn't disrespectful. Right. He was super nice, you know, and so, <laughs> so then, after, um, I had done, in, in my video blog, I had done an episode, like I said before, the, the women of the FGC versus pro hoes. And it, when I was saying the women of the FGC, I didn't necessarily mean my group. It just meant the women at large in the mm-hmm. scene. Because there were plenty of women that weren't in my group. And so, you know, so then, um, from that point, uh, I shared it with my group because I didn't want them to think I was hiding something from them. Because I'm like, you know, I'm supposed to represent y'all, you know, and do this, so I'm going to be honest with you. And I did my show before I ever started this group. Right. You know, when I started that group, it was it was just, you know, whatever. And um, the thing that's funny is that I still have access to both of those groups. I'm the only one that still has access to them. Mm-hmm. And they basically kind of like witch hunted me. None of them watched the video. They actually just saw the title and got mad. And then, like, I mean, systematically slammed me to everyone Hmm. it was this whole day i was like in shock kind of because i was like wait i started this group for y'all but then if one of you found the video blog then you would think that i was lying to you so i'm doing what's honest and showing you what i'm doing and you're mad so i fucking washed my hands of it i was like group is over bye y'all can you know do whatever and then another popular girl uh group in the FGC was born, uh, which that's a story for the LBS show. Right. But um, from that, I just felt really like, um, I felt disheartened, you know, because I felt like a lot of people like turned their backs on me, yeah. uh, which they did, totally mm-hmm. did. And so then I started, I would continue talking to James. Me and James would talk on the phone, um, you know, all kind of stuff. And I really got to know James. And so one day, he had pitched me an idea and he was like, you know, so I'm thinking about like reforming an OBS show. And he was like, I know you've seen the old episodes where it'd be tons of people and yada, yada, yada. And he was like, we'd be filming for hours. And, all, you know, he was like, I don't want to do any of that shit no more in James' voice, mm-hmm. you know? And so he was like, I was thinking about reformulating uh, the show and making it almost like a Howard Stern thing. And it, I don't know uh, Howard Stern's co-host. I, it's her name, Nicole. Robin. Some, I can Robin. Huh. Robin. Robin. Yes. Yeah. My bad. Um, and he was like, and then I want you to be like Robin. And I was like, I'm down for that. So I thought it was hysterical. And I was like, I'll do it. So then, fast forward, um, then, you know, I was promoting the show and, you know, and people were hype. 
And then again, you know, my local people, not all of them, it was some of them, you know, because they felt whatever they felt about James, which again, don't got shit to do with me. Right. So, <laughs> you know, they got mad and felt whatever kind of way and people turn their backs on me again or probably talk shit. I don't care. Um, I, I grew up, first of all, in one of the hardest ghettos in this country. Yes. I don't need to explain shit to people that ain't from Chicago. Right. Claiming the Chicago FGC. <laughs> I don't want to hear nothing about it and I will say it to their face. Period. Period. You know, so I don't have to explain what I do as an adult because y'all think somehow I represent you when none of them have ever supported me. Right. Ain't none of them put, you know, please. <laughs> it's laughable, actually. So James gave me that opportunity. James didn't even offer to pay me. And I told him no. James offered to pay me a, a couple of times. And I said, no, it's not for that. I have a job. You right. know, like, I'm not doing this for that. So we, you know, did the show together and it was a hit, you know, and people loved me being on the show and we did more episodes, you know, and um, yeah, I'm, I don't regret it at all. It, it, it's, it's been such a eye-opening experience um, being on that show and getting to know James and like the, the people that I've met from the East coast through James, you know, and, and mm -hmm. it's, I mean, it, it is interesting because people do treat you different. Um, after, cause he had told me, he was like, people are going to act differently towards you. Um, now that you're affiliated with me right. and I didn't think it was real at first cause it, it wasn't initially. And then the more episodes we did the more I started seeing people act funny. And I was like, oh, okay, this is totally real. Yeah. So, you know, people get weird. They act scared or they act they act like like you're going to gossip about everything you tell. And it's like, what? first of all, I don't care enough about other people's business. I got enough of my own personal shit going on. Right. I don't care enough about other people's business for me to make an OBS episode about someone's like relationship in the FGC. I mean, you know, like knowing people have hit us up about that kind of stuff. And it's like, that don't got nothing to do with video games. And right. that don't have nothing to do with somebody's beef in the community right? or beef over games or whatever. You know, we try to keep it to that unless it's something that's serious. Yeah. As you know, we've obviously talked about serious subjects on the show mm -hmm. and all of that is very real. And it's real emotions. It's real, all of that. We've done episodes before where I would leave from in front of my computer and just start crying because it would be so much right. that would just come from those serious episodes, you know? And, um, I mean, it's a lot, it, it's been a, it's been a wild ride and I mean, I love the show, you know, and I, I love working with James. He's so much fun. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, and we also kind of like do the show when we want to, cause it's sometimes people will hit it. Oh, do a show. Why don't you guys do a show? First of all, we're going to do the show when we want to do the show. Right. It's not, you're not running anything. <laughs> so you're not about to demand us when we going to do something. So, you know, it's because uh, we both got real lives and real jobs and real everything. So it's, you know, it's sometimes it's hard to balance and, um, it, you know, it's one of those things. But I, I, that was how I first met James. And um, we had first met in person at the first NEC I went to, and he was so funny. Like, I mean, mm -hmm. we we drank at the bar, we kicked it, we've been to Summer Jam together, 
and I think one other NEC that I went to. Um, but yeah, I mean, James is a super cool person and he just, people think that like me and James like sit around and sit on Twitter all day and like seek drama. I don't, first of all, I don't even follow FGC people for real on social media. I, I deleted almost every so, uh, FGC anime person off my Facebook, off my Instagram, um, off my Twitter. If they still follow me, that's cool. But right. I, I, you know, I had to expel a lot of that shit from my life for personal reasons. Right. And, you know, some people know what it is. Some people don't, I'm not going to talk about it today, but it is a, uh, you know, I like on Twitter, like people think that we'll just sit and like try and look up all a lot of the time people just send us that stuff. Like yeah. we're not just sitting yeah. and we got you know, <laughs> there, like there's I'm no ham radio. <laughs> you know, there's no ham radio and you're scanning, you know, the police scanning, right? Police scanning, like drop. there's there's drama here, let's go avenge it, you know, like Yeah. And, and, <laughs> like we grown. And additionally, first of all. No one in the FGC, to be totally frank, is that interesting for me to stalk their social media. Thank you. They're just not. <laughs> Period. Y'all ain't that exciting. So sorry to put that out there. It's just not interesting. So mm-hmm. because after a while, I get sick of seeing my entire my entire news feed flooded with game shit. Like Y'all don't talk about anything else. Y'all <laughs> only talk about video games and anime. And I mean, and if you do, that's fine. But I don't want my entire feed to only be that. It's mm-hmm. a little annoying, <laughs> you know, especially especially in current times when it is such real life shit going on and y'all still talking about video games this heavily. Right. Like, I understand that it's escapism, but you can't run from your problems forever. Of course. No one can run from your problems, you know, and it... I. I've had friends that have lost parents to this virus. I've had friends that have lost relatives. I, I mean, all grandparents, all kind of stuff. And, you know, people who have, I mean, people, there have been like deaths in the FGC, a lot of deaths in the FGC mm-hmm. that I've barely heard anyone talk about. Right. Um, and I don't know what the causes were. One of One of the players was even murdered. Mm. And I ain't heard no one talk about that but corn. Right. I everyone else has been silent. So it's like y'all just don't care about that or what? Or it do, it don't have nothing to do with you or it don't have nothing to do with clout. Or gaming. So you can't say nothing about it. You know, and people that have never dealt with grief also tend to be, I think, like socially awkward in situations where like life gets real mm. and they just kind of don't know how to Computed, I guess. I don't know, but it's just it's weird to me how um, a lot of a lot of people in this scene uh, will like strangely avoid their real life problems with games. Oh yeah, and that's a bad choice because no. you're gonna end up <laughs> in a bad place. For real, you just are. Oh man, I, it's it's a great having that sort of insight. I don't think people really understand that. I think I think people really understand that. Yeah. And for for me, the FGC is escapism. Like, I, I escape, right. you know, my regular life for a little bit. You know, I go away, exactly, shack up in a hotel, you know, room, and come down and 
you know, do stuff involving gaming. So that's, that's my little escape. But when Sunday's over or Monday morning comes, depending on what event I'm in, I'm back full time into my real life. And then whatever comes my way, I got to deal with, you know, I, I can't, 100%. I can't put that to the side forever. You know, no, uh, not even for None like of us can. too many days. Like things happen exactly. all the time in your life like on, on a daily basis. So, you know, I mean, yes, kudos to you. If you think that it's the way to go, but it, it, it eventually catches up to you for sure. It catches up to you because you're going to turn around and be my age mm-hmm. or your age or James age, or I mean, whoever OGs in the community, right? You gonna turn around and be that and then turn, turn back and be like, damn, what do I have to show for this? Mm-hmm. Winning video games, which right. is cool. That is a cool accomplishment. Right. But what did you do for your real life in that meantime? Right. right. Probably nothing. Right. What did you do with your tournament winnings? Mm-hmm. Wow. You know, and, uh, is it people people be really uh you know putting that stuff out of their minds which is confusing uh because again no one can do this forever like you can you i'll say compete you know everybody can't compete forever and everyone and we gonna say this too everyone does not have the bravado to be a commentator either <laughs> so don't just think that because you know a game that you're interested enough to watch for a couple hours mm-hmm. you're everyone at, <laughs> so you know, yeah, it's 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 just uh, it's interesting, and it's it's really you have been really like really you have been really good at creating future uh subjects. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> future oh, subjects, my like because again, <laughs> I will like come back on anytime. <laughs> <laughs> you know, because it's it's people can't handle the truth, man, in this community for sure, and like nope, you know, even if you have talent, there's only space but for so much talent right yep and 100 percent. you know a, a, life has its way of like showing you that like hey this is or isn't for you you know and whether you choose yep to, exactly whether you choose to understand or ignore it it's it's, it's up to you you know but yep if, if it's not the pop monsters in the twitch chat you know it's, it's not getting an opportunity and not because of favoritism not to say that they don't exist in, in the community but mm-hmm. you know just oh, I totally do, know what you're saying. Just do better. How about that? Let's let's start there. Yes, know? just do better. That's <laughs> that just as a whole. You know, do better socially. Do better economically. In some cases, if you have the opportunities to do better educational wise. Mm. Like, actually, I do want to say this one other thing. That's something else that's been interesting about being a woman in the gaming community and specifically a black woman in the gaming community because i'll say that for myself um is when people try to talk to you like you're stupid Mm. and that is probably one of the biggest pet peeves of mine because i'm extremely intelligent and i'm uh i'm a lot smarter than people think or give me credit for in a lot of cases and that's why I think it's funny when people think that they be smarter than me in certain shit. And it's like, all right, <laughs> you you go ahead. But yeah. anyway, uh, I came from a very educated family. And I I hate being talked down to, for one. Um, and it is interesting when people will get passive aggressive with you or like, I, like it was this one guy who was like trying to explain frame data to me. And I looked at him like this and I was like, 
I know what frame data is. And then he sh completely shut up because I guess he caught himself trying to hit on me. And I was like, yeah, I know what it is. You, you know what to, it is? It's, it, it's a bit of <laughs> gatekeeping and misogyny because yeah, because you're uh -huh. a female, you know, because you're a black female, you know, it's and I'm tall. And you're tall. I'm tall and a lot you know, of guys. you you don't you don't necessarily fit the white food model, perhaps for some people, you know, yep. that kind of thing. Um, it, it's it's interesting because like we you definitely had women on the show. Um, uh, we we've had uh, a season in the beginning. Um, I I, yes, just, nice. I I I just did one with um, oh my god, with Tiff with Tiffany Nazari, and uh, yeah, we, we we spoke about that. So like we spoke about these spaces in the community, right? And mm -hmm. how hard it is for, for one, being a woman, let alone two, being a black woman, you know, yep. to navigate, right? And it's like, what does that look like? What, what do you say to like women of color, particularly black women who are also going through this right now in the community or will be once we, once we get back into that, you know, full, yeah. full powered, you know, physical capacity, um, what in your experiences? What do you, what do you say to to these women or any women really? Uh, when when it comes to this like misogynist governed like community and how to navigate it properly while maintaining oh, your man. maintaining your integrity and respect. Yes. Um. Well, number one to me is always keep your integrity intact. Right. No one can tell you who you are but you. So I don't care if somebody's saying that they, they know you from so-and-so or they heard something, fuck them. Mm -hmm. You know who you are, be who you are. Um, don't let anybody tell you differently than that. That's number one. Right. Um, number two, I would say learn who your friends are. Mm -hmm. And I'm not talking about just uh, Timothy that you didn't play it online with or what, you know, you ain't never met a person. Know who your friends are. For real, because mm. sometimes even maybe bring friends that don't know nothing about the FGC to events with you, just mm -hmm. so you can know you have your unbiased, real people there with you. Right. Have have a real have a real core friendship group, and don't only have friends from the FGC. Right. That's another thing. Like, right. it's cute that people got you know, these friend circles and stuff like that, you know, because y'all have common interests and, and all of that stuff. I've lived the outcast childhood. I've lived the outcast high school life, adult life even. Um, but it looks cute on paper. This is in 1995. <laughs> you know, like, it, like, this is not you high are school, not sure. being Yeah, you know, you're not outsted for being weird no more. Right. People are people be weird as hell and are accepted openly as society. <laughs> so I don't want to hear those excuses no more either. Right. You know, it definitely know your friends and trust who you keep around you and who you tell your information to. Don't tell everything to everybody. Um, because everything about you ain't for everybody's ears. Mm -hmm. So what else? Um, I would say in terms of competition, if people want to belittle you and, you know, talk down or be weird or whatever, let them look like a buffoon. And, but if you're a shit talker, cause I'll be a shit talker, hmm. then talk your shit, talk your shit right back with them. Yep. But if you want to be silent and demure, do that too. Cause sometimes that makes people even more scared. 
mm-hmm. because then they'll try to overcompensate by talking more shit. And then when you when they see it's not affecting you, you're not nervous. They be like, what the hell is wrong with this girl? <laughs> so, you know, have as much confidence in yourself as you can. Know that you're you. Know you're a badass and know that you're owning it, regardless right. of whatever it is, a game, your looks, your costume, your whatever. Know you the baddest MF are going, you know? And so I just, keep, you know, <laughs> and, and that's really kind of the best advice, I think. And because um, I think that can translate to games, that can translate to real life, that can translate mm-hmm. to a lot of things. Yes. And, um, and at the end of the day, it's, excuse me, not at the end of the day, at the end of the day, <laughs> at the end of the day, it's video games. I right. know it might be frustrating to lose. I've been mad about losing. I've, I mean, I've been there. Right. I get it. But it's video games. Train and get better the next time. Get good, get like good. people say. Get good. Get good. Pick a top two. You, you ain't no different <laughs> from anybody else just because you're a girl. Get good. Hell yeah. That's it. That's what's You up. know, and yeah, I think that would be it. <laughs> awesome, awesome. Um, my, my one concern about having you on the show is that you would have so much to say that like one show is not built around you enough. So I would Aww. definitely like to have you, I would definitely like to have you back at some point. Um, you know, absolutely. About you different. Let things. me know. The season's yes. gonna be over soon, so I have plenty soon. of free time. Yes, yes, yes. Um, before you go, I just wanted to like, you yes. just had any like last second thoughts? There's anything you want to impart the viewers and the listeners with about the community? Um, you know, and just in general. You know, I think the community has a really interesting thing on the horizon, as especially with PlayStation now owning Evo. Mm-hmm. Another um, show. So, another <laughs> show. But that, you know, I think it's a real interesting horizon. And I also think it'll be very interesting to see the first event to take on um, the responsibility of being the first event to come back from the pandemic. Right. Hopefully not this year, because people still need to sit their ass in the house. Um, Because mm-hmm. I don't know what people are doing in Florida, with going to spring break, Atlanta having all-star weekend. I was like, what is happening? Miami, like, off the chain Miami, right now. Miami, Texas. Texas. Like, I mean, it's crazy. Like, Texas has canceled their mask mandate. And Indiana is about to do it. Wow. I, like, I don't, it's confusing because we're still, cur- people are still currently dying from COVID. Right. So, I, like, I don't understand. But anyway, so, you know, it, I think that will be really interesting. And um, I really want the community at large to treat these events with care because PlayStation bought Evo Mm -hmm. and other people could down the road be like, I'm sick of dealing with these ungrateful players (laughs) and patrons that come here and shit talk my event and I could sell it and make buku money i don't know what the cannon brothers got but i'm sure it was enough right <laughs> to make them be like bye you right. know so and and i can't say that i blame them because the fgc has a tendency to be ungrateful as hell yep and they've been ungrateful to me they've been ungrateful and i'm talking from personal experience and yep. from things i've just seen yep you know i've talked about some of it in the obs group yep uh james and i and it the 
the community at large has a tendency to be spoiled and to be like, give me, give me, give me. Or you're supposed to, you're supposed to. Mm. First of all, have you ever run an event? Have right. you ever done anything remotely to that? Do you if know not, then the, you need to the, shut the, the vast, fuck up. Like undertaking the, the, the logistics involved in such an event. People yeah. and, and people just say things, you know, literally out of their ass. Never even have yeah. been to an event physically. Like how do, how does that work? Physically, exactly. You know. And additionally, you know, have respect for these TOs. Mm-hmm. They work really, really hard all year. And there are some that I don't have direct respect to, but I respect them for putting on an event that people enjoy. Right. I'll say that. I'll say that too. But you know, it's they work hard, you know, and and all of them are doing it for clout. Some of them literally are doing it for the love of the community. And mm-hmm. y'all still don't respect that. And it's a shame, you know, because it, the, the respect that I see top players get, where, where people basically like bow to them when they walk in a room, I get idolizing some, somebody. Right. I get that, looking up to somebody, but don't idol worship people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, it, it's, it's, it's weird. It's very and weird. Like, it's very weird. I've met celebrities that I've wanted to meet my entire life doing my job, and I treat them like people. Mm-hmm. That's it. So, you know, that's it. <laughs> these gamers are people. Like, I get being, you know, like wanting to be in their position and yada, yada, yada. They not celebrities, though. I'm going to tell you that, too, because they ain't making no celebrity money. Right. <laughs> ain't nobody in the FGC making celebrity money, so y'all have a seat. But it's just, I really think that um, the staff, the TOs, the, you know, the bracket runners, uh, you know, it's so many people, the, the bracket makers, too. Because that's a really behind-the-scenes job that a lot of people don't know about. That's a real specialty thing. People that formulate brackets, that's a whole... It, it, it's very difficult. Yep. I've been on that and, end for uh, sure, and it, it's hard. So have I. It's hard. It's, it's very not hard. fun, you know. It, it sure isn't. I've done it at Evo, actually. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, it's... um. Have respect for these people that are behind the scenes, the people that are running the monitors all weekend, the people that are running the cameras all weekend, keeping the feed up, keeping the internet up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because it, it feels like the FGC, you know, if something goes wrong, their immediate response is to get angry. Okay, spoiled child, have a fucking seat. Because <laughs> stuff goes wrong, shit happens, right. power goes out. Stuff like that happens. Things be out of people's control. And sometimes, maybe you need to just sit down, take a breath, and remember where you came from. Because wasn't nobody born a a champion. Right. Yeah, be to get there. Be and, humble. And have respect for people. I so hear that. that. That's what I gotta say. Thank, thank you for that. Thank you for those words. I really appreciate you. Mm-hmm. Um, before we go... Um, how does uh how do our viewers get to contact you on social media without going into your DMs, of yeah. course? Like if you want right, to or get okay. or get your phone number. We we're not doing all that. But if they want to just right. oh, you know say no. hi. Oh, <laughs> um, so my Twitter is Pyramid Moxie. Um or it should be OBS Pyramid Moxie, but I'm pretty sure my at is Pyramid Moxie. You can find me on there. Um you can follow me on Blast Show, uh, Twitter, um, on Instagram. My name is Moxie, at Moxie Peaches. 
M O X X I E and Peaches with a Z instead of an S. Um, I and you know on Facebook you all can um, join the On Blast Show group because uh, I am no longer adding like FGC people uh, to my personal Facebook page at all. <laughs> Don't blame you. It, <laughs> Yeah, it, it's too much, and mm. it, it's just—it's there's a slew of feelings which I'll discuss on the On Blast show. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean it's uh, yeah. So those are probably my social medias. Yeah, Twitter, Instagram, and yeah, find the On Blast show. On Facebook Blast show or- Facebook, yes. Thank you yes. so much. Thank you so much. Uh, I appreciate Thank you. Thank you for having me. This was so much fun. Of course, of course, of course. Uh, once again, guys, um, if, if you're not catching this live on Twitch or one of our YouTube reels, you can listen to us on a different podcast stations. We are on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and Google Podcasts. That being said, this is Rodimus Prime. And I'm going to see you guys next week. I want you guys to say bye to Melanie, a.k.a. Moxie Peaches, and we'll see you guys next bye. week. Take care. Peace. This has been a KPD Media Works production.